Oh, you hear the voice? You hear the voice? I was the fourth <laughs> Hanson brother. I was the black one they didn't tell you about. And welcome to the third and three podcast. We're always having a blast. If podcasts can run a 40, we run a 42 because we're just that fast. And it might sound a little different today. Like, who is this guy doing the intro? Doesn't sound like Jason. No, Jason's not with us today. He's taking a break this week. So we had to come in without a quarterback, do our thing like Denver did, you know, the week that they had no quarterbacks because everybody was out due to COVID protocol. But of course, we're going to do a better performance than Denver did that week. And of course, with me today, I still got Tricky Nikki G. What's going on, Nikki? Hey, D, what is up? I'm excited to be here. We're going to try our best and uh, hold it down for Jay, who's on a much needed vacation. Yes, definitely. He deserves all the vacation, but we'll definitely need him back next week for the playoffs. So don't take too long being off, Jason. All right. And before we get into the meat of the podcast, let's give you a little appetizer. You said that you have a story to tell us about Mbop. What's the story you got behind this song? Okay, so... (laughs) Right. Okay. So we're going back to middle school again. So last week, I think I mentioned um, I dressed up as TLC, right? Yeah. <laughs> In eighth grade for Halloween. I did not unearth that picture, by the way. Um, so every time I hear Mbop, I think of this girl. I'm not going to name her just in case, but. Um, she would come in every day. She was like a Hanson fanatic and she would just come in homeroom every single day dressed in like the boas and the t-shirts. And like, she would just have the magazines and her locker was like covered in them. So, you know, we go, this didn't like phase out in middle school. Like she just kept this fandom going till like, you know, we graduated. So fast forward a little bit, I get my first job and she ends up working at the same place, but in a different department. So I go, up to her I was like Melissa do you still love Hanson she's like of course I do and I'm like dude we're like 19 20 years old at this point like it was so ridiculous she was so dramatic I mean she'd even wear the boas and the Hanson shirts into this you know workplace so every time I think of the song I think of her I don't know if that's good or bad but talk about <laughs> crazy fanatics I know we're crazy sports fans but she took it over the top wow that is yeah, talk about being a fan. And it's hard to be, I don't know if you consider Hanson a one-hit wonder, but it's not like they had that many hits beyond Mbop. So when you say that she's that big of a fan of a group that didn't do that much, like success-wise as far as being big, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to be that big a fan of that of that group right there. 
So <laughs> shout out to her, man. Respect. <laughs> really, it's not like they were like new kids on the block because, I mean, I was obsessed with them for a while. But yeah, no, I consider them a one hit one. What'd they do after Umbot? Nothing. nothing yeah know. yeah nothing much nothing much after 97 nothing much <laughs> after that <laughs> but today we started off with Mbop. we're going through our letters like we do with our artists and today is h so we start off with hansen with Mbop classic right there from the 90s and i'm doing well you know just in case you don't know this is damien who's hosting the show today quarterbacking today and before we get into our neighborhood news let's do some shout outs do you have a shout out today nikki i do have a shout out i have a personal shout out quick shout out to my sister today is her birthday i don't know if she's gonna get a chance to listen to this episode but rach i love you we had a nice brunch today had a little one too many mimosas earlier so that was nice (laughs) um she's the big three one today so shout out to her and shout out to um the Watts brothers on Twitter. I noticed they're always retweeting our show and I just want to make sure they know that we appreciate their support. You can find them at DTST2414 and their podcast is called the Double Take Sports Podcast and you can find them on YouTube. That's a really good podcast. It's a really good shout out right there. And of course, happy birthday to your sister. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely got to love that, the big 3-1. And for my shout-out, I'm going to give a shout-out to my man, Chris Lewis II, not to be confused with the first or the third, Chris Lewis II. He is host of the Dropped Balls podcast, and it's a dope sports podcast. He's very knowledgeable, former college football player, so he brings in his personal stories to go along with his analysis for all sports. Dope podcast, so go ahead and check out dropped balls podcast go ahead and subscribe and you can find them on twitter at dropped underscore balls so that's our shout out and now it's time to get into the neighborhood news now i don't have the fancy buttons like jason has but i do have my voice right so (laughs) now it's time sound effect for us yeah so it's time for the neighborhood news with damian adams and nikki jess you like that? You like that? I do that was like nice, that. right? I like that. I like your sound effects. You know I do. <laughs> so the big news coming from this past week in the NFL is that Dwayne Haskins got released by the Washington football team. And he did go through the waiver wire and is now a complete free agent. There's has been rumors of interest from other teams. But what are your thoughts on him being released? You know, it's funny you start with him because um, that team gets my tomatoes this week when we get there. But um, listen, I don't think Haskins was it from the start and never jumped on this bandwagon. I, I know some people that did. I never saw it. I think it was probably clear his first few starts that this just wasn't the guy. And I mean... He got released, what, 24 hours after a game that had playoff implications? Like, I mean, they really hate you. <laughs> like, you yeah. are just, listen, I'm not surprised. He is not the guy. And I'm wondering who's actually interested in him. Yeah, I don't know who would be interested in him at this point. I could see maybe next year a team saying, okay, we could get him cheap. Mm. We could take a chance on him, bring him in. Maybe they think there is talent there. He was a first-round pick. And that's what's really surprising about this to me is that it's only his second year. Usually with a first round QB, you get at least four, right? Even if you stink, you're horrible, you're boo-boo, you at least get 
those first four years. And sometimes you even get that fifth year option because GMs don't want to admit that they're wrong about you. Right. That's true. And with him being released this early, like, man, he had to be out there doing some dumb stuff as far as his study habits, practice habits. And we all know what he was doing in his nightlife. <laughs> his masking <laughs> habit or lack thereof masking habits. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so right now he's a cautionary tale, right? He's going to be the, the story that they tell at rookie camps about what not to do. Hopefully he can become a redemption story and he can be the one telling his own story at rookie camps one day. So I do wish that he gets another chance. Hopefully, you know, there's some talent there. There's a reason he was a first round pick. There's a reason he looked good at Ohio State. But maybe, you know, Washington, they don't have the best track record with first round picks at QB. Mm. I can't remember the last time they had a successful one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe it's not just him. You know, honestly, you know, most of it's on him, but he wasn't in the right organization either. So hopefully he gets another chance and he's learned from this and matures from this. We just hope and wait to see. Yeah, I would I would I would hope for maturity. I would hope that you know what sometimes people and even in life, you kind of need that like kicking kicking the ass, you know, to just kind of wake you up a little bit, get your wake up call, and maybe this is it for him. Maybe, maybe. Now we're gonna stay with the quarterbacks. So last week, Jared Goff had a throw where he hit his thumb on a helmet and he broke a bone in his thumb and had to have surgery on it. So he will not be playing this week against the Arizona Cardinals. And with the Cardinals, Kyler Murray hurt his leg against San Francisco, but they say that he might try to play through it. So with the Rams, this is a pretty much a playoff game, right? Because if the Bears somehow beat Chicago, that means that one of these two teams will be out of it. And the Rams, without Jared Goff, you know, they got a guy now in Wolford who I actually got to interview when he was playing with the AAF, the Arizona Hotshots. I got, <laughs> I got, a, so cool. yeah, I got a chance to talk to him. Cool guy, you know, and he was, he did some good work down there, um, down here in Arizona when he was playing for the Hotshots. And I hope, you know, he plays well. But of course, you know, you got Jared Goff, you know, first overall pick for a reason there. How crazy is this that we might have a pretty much playoff game? scenario here for week 17 where we could have two quarterbacks starting quarterbacks out going into this must-win game I mean it's just fitting for 2020 for the like, <laughs> like it just it is and I'm glad you said who the backup was because I did read that they both might be out and I'm thinking I actually have no idea who the backup quarterbacks are for either of these teams so um yeah that is pretty crazy but you think Ky Kyler Murray will play with his ankle right or yeah they didn't specify they okay. said lower body injury oh, okay and it was hard to tell watching the game what exactly he hurt because on the play there was normally you'll see like an ankle twist or a knee bend you mm -hmm. didn't really see anything that specified what happened um so it may be a calf injury we, we don't know for sure but with him that's the thing his legs are such a big part of his game if he's not able to use his legs, maybe it is better to go with their backup who has been compared to Taysom Hill as somebody with his running ability and passing ability. And he can still run that same offense if Kyler Murray is 100%. So if you're in Kingsbury's shoes and Kyler Murray's coming to you saying, I want to play, coach. I know I can't run, but I still want to play. Do you go with Kyler Murray or do you go with the backup? Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so <laughs> hard, right? Because then you're like, all right, if you have faith in your backup, then, you know, you've got a real shot here to make the playoffs. Do you rest him? 
uh, listen, I would hate to see what ha- happened to Kyler Murray is what happening to Daniel Jones. He's still not right. He still can't run. He still can't scramble. So, you know what? I think long-term you get your quarterback and your guy of the future healthy. Yeah. Yeah. It's with Arizona. It's a tough decision because they have to win. Like the LA Rams can still make it in if they lose, if mm-hmm. Chicago also loses, but with Arizona, they have to win now. And so for them, it's a playoff game. And in a playoff game, you're like, we're going to go out there with our best guy. If he says he can go, he's going to go. Right. Right. So it's definitely a tough decision. I'm not jealous of Kingsbury at all for that decision he has to make. But we'll definitely see. It'll be interesting going into next week. So now let's get into the action from this past week. We call this our ranting recap as we'll get into some rants about some different games. So let's start with, go up here. We're going to go ahead and start with the game that was on Friday. So this was a Christmas Day special <laughs> as the New Orleans Saints defeated the Minnesota Vikings. Who that? Said they're going to beat them Saints. Uh, the score is 52 to 33. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game, Nikki? Um, well, you you know, your Saints, they really needed to bounce back, and they certainly did. I thought offense moved the ball really well. Granted, you know, they weren't up against much resistance. But, listen, I thought Drew Brees looked a lot better than the week before, so that has to make you feel good. Um, and Minnesota, like, they, you know, I kind of feel bad. They were missing eight starters on defense, so so that's a tough break, especially against – the Saints and Alvin Kamara, man, he went off. Have yourself a day, a round of applause, <laughs> whatever. Yes. But yeah, I'm sure you had to be happy with that game, especially against Minnesota. Yes, it definitely was a sweet feeling to be the ones to officially eliminate the Minnesota <laughs> Vikings from playoff contention this year. Felt good in my soul. Like my heart was warmed watching the game. It was definitely a good feeling. And you said it right. They had a bunch of people missing, but I don't want to hear the excuses from the Vikings fans. I don't want to hear it. All right. We had injuries. We had our safety just completely blow the worst tackle I've ever seen in my life in the Minnesota Miracle. We didn't get to use excuses. So neither do you. Okay. Neither do you. And the only thing that I was kind of mad about from this game was that Alvin Kamara had a chance at history. Now his name is still going to be in history books. He's tied for the most rushing touchdowns in a game with six, but he should have had seven. So he has five, right? Right. We go, we go down the field again and we're at the goal line. I'm confused because he's not in the game. And they called the QB run for Taysom Hill to go in. And I'm like, really? He has a chance at history. This is a once in a career opportunity. And you don't put him in the game to get that sixth touchdown. I'm like, okay, we got the game in hand. Maybe he's saying we don't want to take a chance of him getting hurt. Playoffs coming up. We still got a very important game in week 17. We can't take a chance of getting Kamara Hurd going after records. Cool. But then we drive down the field again. You bring him in to get the sixth touchdown. So why not keep him in to get the sixth and seventh? And he could have had the record by himself. We know you love Taysom Hill, Sean. We know how much you love Taysom <laughs> he Hill. He does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But he didn't need a touchdown. He did not need a touchdown. Okay. He's got a spot on the team. We recognize, you know, his value. He doesn't need to get that touchdown. Let Kamara eat. Let him eat. Let him get the record. So that kind of upset me. Uh, Another thing that I noticed, Drew Brees did look a lot better in this game than he did against the Chiefs. The throws had a lot more sting on them than 
that week against the Chiefs because against the Chiefs, some of those throws were just horrible. And don't get me wrong, he had some throws in this game that were definitely some floaters. There was one that should have been intercepted that he threw to Galloway, where Galloway was wide open. He had a touchdown. If he had, you know, Drew Brees two, three years ago, gets that ball there, easy touchdown. It might have been a 40-yard throw, and he underthrew it. So you know the arm strength isn't there. He's going all on accuracy and anticipation right now. So it worries me a little bit if we have to go to Green Bay and he has to try to throw in that weather that we saw Sunday night. Mm. he's not going to get the ball through that snow. No. So that worries me. <laughs> that worries me a little bit. Um, but our, our defense also we lost Quan Alexander. Quan Alexander was a big, big pickup for us. Once he joined the team, that's when our defense really took off. And we lost him to a torn Achilles. Oh. That's a huge loss. So we have some things that are worrisome going into week 17 and going into the playoffs. But I still feel good about us, especially if we do get the 2C going against either Chicago or Arizona at that spot are the Rams. We got to hash out how it's all going to happen. So many crazy play, playoff scenarios right now. But I feel good about that matchup at the two spot. Or we could still get the one spot, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. So some things to worry about, but I don't feel too bad about it. No, you guys are in good shape. Yes, yes. Good shape there. So now let's go to Saturday. We had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just... Molly Wop, <laughs> the Detroit Lions. They took them behind the woodshed and spanked them for being bad. It was, <laughs> the score was 47 to 7. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Nikki? I, I mean, really, like, I thought the Jets were inept, and I thought they had looked like a team that quit for 15 straight weeks. But no, here comes Detroit in their very own hold my beer moment. And like, if this did not look like a team that just gave up, I don't know what, I don't know what did. I, it was awful. It was just awful. Yeah, nah, this was awful. Uh, Tampa Bay did what they were supposed to do. Detroit was missing their head coach, I believe, defensive players, and Tampa Bay took full advantage. Uh, Tampa Bay is a team that feasts on bad teams, but then when it comes to good teams, they kind of, show their true selves. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really buying into them going into the playoffs, but they do right now have their foot on that fifth spot, which means they get to play the winner of your division, the NFC least. (laughs) 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 So with that advantage, they may go into the playoffs with a little bit of confidence, even though last time they played the Giants, they should have lost. So we don't know if, you know, the Giants still have a chance to win that division there. We'll get into that. All right, so now let's get into our man Jason's team, the San Francisco 49ers with a shocker this weekend as they defeated the Arizona Cardinals 20-12. to 12. Nikki, I was shocked. Were you as shocked as I was watching this game? I was. I, was, I did not expect this game to turn out the way it did. Like, I maybe I should have given San Francisco a little more credit. I just really thought, like, Arizona, man, they had, they had all the momentum. They had to win it. They were playing for more. I, I just, I mean, this was a choke job to me, like a complete choke job by the Cardinals. They made every mistake known to man in this game. Drop passes, missing TDs, losing fumbles, interceptions. I mean, the Cardinals were a mess. And they really needed to not be a mess in this game. Yeah, no, it was a very important game. If they win this game, they're secure in their playoff spot. And now they find themselves on the outside looking in. And watching this game, the San Francisco's kicker tried their best to keep a minute. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
<laughs> he tried his best to keep Arizona in the game. He was like, hey, guys, I want you to win. I'm missing extra points. I'm missing field goals for you. And they still, they still couldn't find themselves in it. Uh, Kyler Murray threw some bad passes. The last interception at where he tried to go to Christian Kirk was underthrown, ball badly underthrown. And I've been saying all year that Kingsbury has been kind of hidden behind a talent of this team. Mm. And I thought initially when he was hired at first, it was a weird hire. We're forgetting now that he wasn't successful at Texas Tech. Like he had this offense that was flashy and the offense that would throw for a million yards, but he was losing games. Like it was finishing their years like six and seven, five and seven. It wasn't like this it was this powerhouse. Then he came to the NFL. So when he first got hired, I was a little shocked. And the year before they only got, they only gave um, Steve Wilkes one year. So I was like, okay, this guy better be it. And I don't think he's it. I don't think he's showing that he's this brilliant offensive mind that, you know, just didn't have the defensive talent at Texas Tech. No, he's just a mediocre coach who happens to be like a handsome guy. So people forget about the fact that he's not good. <laughs> like, See what good looks can do for you. Erase yes. away everything. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, it's very true. There's a lot of people who get away with a lot of things because they got a nice smile. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's something that with him is like, okay, cool. It works for, you know, the calendar, but I need you to call the right plays right now. Oh, we should have that NFL coaches calendar. That would be hilarious. We definitely should do that and pick what months, which um, coach should go on. That would be oh, hilarious. that's a great idea. We should do that. <laughs> but Kingsbury, he's great for the calendar, but not great for the sideline as he's showing right now. And Arizona finds themselves in much trouble when it comes to the playoff picture. So now... Speaking of crazy, man, <laughs> Saturday night, Miami defeated the Las Vegas Raiders 26 to 25 in what had to be one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Crazy finish. What was going through your mind in that fourth quarter, Nikki? Um, like I always say, I, you guys, everybody who listens and you D, you know, I'm a major Bravo fan. I love my trashy reality TV, but I say it all the time. Sports, there's no better reality TV than sports. And this game was the perfect example of that. I mean, didn't it, it started out like mundane to me, right? A little sleepy, like to us dinking and dunking. You got this sleepy offense out there. Oh, but wait a minute. Here comes Fitz magic, like to ignite this offense. Um, and boy, did he have some Hail Mary magic left in him? I, I don't even know how he got that pass off with his helmet being ripped off his face. I mean, he did an outstanding job. And I'm sure we all rewatched that highlight because that was just so crazy to me. Um, uh, my thing is, yes, it was a crazy game. I, I was in disbelief. I couldn't believe how it ended. But what do you do? You, what do you think about Brian Flores? Like, I know I had him in my coaching conversation when we talked about it a few weeks ago. But are you on board with this, like, switching and taking two out and then putting in Fitz magic and hoping for now it keeps working out in their favor, which is the problem. But how is this kid going to learn any adversity if you just keep yanking him out every time he faces some? Yeah, I definitely understand that. My thought, my thought process right now is that maybe you should go with Fitzpatrick for the rest of the year. Right. We know that two is the future. 
but just watching this game, you see how much better this team is with Fitzpatrick in. Yes. So during the game, Tua, he averaged 4.2 yards per pass attempt. 4.2. That's great if you're a running back. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But if you are a quarterback, that is not good. It is not good if you're averaging 4.2 every pass attempt. uh, Fitzpatrick comes in, he's averaging 14 yards. Per, per attempt big difference there yeah. you got to be able to get the ball downfield in the nfl you got to be able to threaten the defense understand that fitz magic is going to have his fitz tragic moments it's right? tragic <laughs> where he throws interceptions but you got to take those chances especially this week going against buffalo yeah that offense right now is incredible you're not going to be able to say oh our defense could hold him maybe 17 and Tua can just manage the game. You need somebody to take chances to get the ball downfield to score. I think Fitzpatrick is the guy. Um, Brian Flores is in a tough position. We had a discussion when they first made the decision to go with Tua. At the time, Fitzpatrick was playing well, but you're like, okay, I get it. Tua's the future. Maybe they see something in practice. But they couldn't have been seeing anything in practice that resembled this somebody who's scared to go downfield, somebody who's not getting the ball in their hands in time. They couldn't see this because this isn't it. All right. I understand two is young. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. He still has a long time in his league and I think will be successful. But right now you're trying to win. If I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm writing letters to Flores. I'm emailing them. Hey, we're trying to win right now. Two is the future, but let's go with Fitzmagic and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to at this point, right? I mean, Obviously, clearly the offense is playing better. I just, um, I don't know. It is a tough spot. I, I don't like the switching, but yeah, you're obviously trying to win now. So I guess you do roll with him. Um, have they, has Brian Flores announced who he intends to start yet or? Yes. Yeah, so I, I believe that he's already announced that they're still going with Tua. Oh, okay. For what? Like a quarter and then. Went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, now nah, he, he said that, you know, they're going with Tua, which, like I say, he's in a tough position now. He's put himself in that position where you're like, do you want to bench the young guy when, you know, you're basically telling him, hey, the older guy's better, right? Right. But it's the NFL, it's a business, and it's, yeah. you know, it's grown men. These grow, other grown men want to win. They see a chance where they're like, okay, we're AFC right now. We're going to get to the Chiefs a little bit later. But nobody's untouchable right now. We have a shot here. And you're going to say, bump our shot at a Super Bowl because you want to keep the confidence of this young guy up? He's got all offseason to get his confidence back up. <laughs> Let's Maybe with-, with the Super Bowl ring. You never know. Yeah, exactly. Let's go with Magic and see what happens. So, yeah, I definitely understand that one. And I'm with you there. So now let's get to your New York Giants. They played against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Ravens won 27 to 13. So what were your thoughts throughout this game? Um, did you have to listen to your husband taunt you a lot? Was there was it a cold household after that? Did you give him the cold shoulder? What was going on in the Jess household? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we both sat on opposite ends of the couch, right? Because I just you know, <laughs> can't deal with that. And it went about as nightmarish as I expected as it would. Um, every time we play the Ravens, it is just disastrous. 
so no, he actually wasn't um, too much about rubbing it in my face. I think he saw the pained look on my face. Um, I, I'm not shocked in any way or surprised about how this game turned out, but I am shocked at the Giants defense. I really thought that they would turn it around because they struggled a little bit, well, a lot of bit against Cleveland last week. Um, and again, this week, and I listen, I know the Ravens are a tough team. That's a tough offense. Not every defense is going to have an answer, but we thought maybe getting Bradbury back was going to help a little bit. And that didn't seem to do anything. Um, and they were just hell bent on playing zone and it wasn't freaking working. I don't know why you keep doing the same things over and over again. And you expect a different result because that my friends is called insanity. And it clearly was not working <laughs> and nobody made an adjustment whatsoever. Not even after halftime. So, I mean, just sitting there distraught, irritated, frustrated, the same emotions like, you know, meanwhile, the Ravens are flying high. My husband's sitting on the other end of the room and, you know, it's just I wanted to throw my remote like in the TV, break <laughs> things because it was so irritating. Um, like I mentioned before, to me, Jones still didn't look right. He still can't scramble, still couldn't really move. I, I don't even know why we put him in when he wasn't ready yet a few weeks ago. Um Wayne Gallman, I mean, managed like a putrid 27 yards on six friggin' attempts. Um, but really, like, Jones didn't stand a chance behind this O line, neither did Wayne Gallman. And at the end of the day, the Giants just had zero answers for Lamar Jackson, that offense, and the defense. Yeah, no, it definitely was a mismatch. And my question to you is now there's this weird scenario where the Giants get to win a division. Or if they lose, if things shake out correctly, they can get the third overall pick in the draft. So as a fan, are you trying to win the division or are you trying to get that first overall or that third overall pick? Um, yeah, I mean, logically, yes, you want to be like, I want the pick. But it's hard to say that when come Sunday and I'm watching the game going, oh, my God, this is for the division. We could win. We got a shot in the playoffs, even though I know they're going to be embarrassing in the playoffs. But you know, that fan in you, your heart as a sports fan, you're just like, yeah, no, we got a shot. And I only say that because, you know what? We were the little engine that could quite a few, you know, a few times that nine and seven team coming in and wreaking havoc. Listen, they don't have my boy, Eli. I know it might not. It's probably not going to happen, but I logically want to say to you, yes, go for the draft pick. But I know at the end of the day, come Sunday, I'm going to be screaming my head off and go like, oh, my God, you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> I definitely get that. And so we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we still have to finish our red and recap, give some round of applause and throw some tomatoes. They're a little out of order there. You see why Jason's the quarterback and why I'm the head coach, because I tend to forget some things there. But we're going to go ahead and do that. We'll be right back with more third and three. One. What is love?
I know you can't see me right now, but I am banging my head to the side very hard. I might hit my car window because I'm doing it that viciously. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's an old reference right there. I'm getting old, um, but nights at the Roxbury, this song was playing and somebody's car window got banged out because they were going so hard in the paint. <laughs> but let's get back to our ranting recap here. Just one moment. I was banging out too hard. I lost my place. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was uh, actually a movie I did see. So I know you guys always make fun of me for movies <laughs> I haven't seen. But... I'm glad you've seen that one. Yeah, I'm glad right? Seen that okay. One. So that's good. That gives you a little bit more A little more cred? cred. Okay. Yeah, a little more street cred right. on your movies right there. But that's definitely going to be a big thing this offseason. There's a lot of movie watching. I got to catch one of Sopranos. Yeah, please. Get you to watch like 90 different movies yep <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get everything rolling this off season all right so now let's get back to the recap uh this game made me mad this game made me upset i'll get into why but the pittsburgh steelers in a vicious comeback um defeated the colts 28 to 24 what were your thoughts on this one nikki oh man so i took indy for this game and i Man, I thought they almost had it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I called this one. <sighs> but no, <laughs> no, here come the Steelers. Um, yeah, I thought Colts were going to take it. I mean, they ripped off 21 points in the first quarter and a half or so. But it was like a tale of two halves, right? Just as the Steelers are catching fire, the Colts start shooting themselves in the foot. Like it was just, yeah, it was like maddening to watch and like just I was pulling for Indy because I picked them and I was like pretty much saying they're the ones that could beat Pittsburgh so for my own (laughs) validation I really wanted Indy to pull this one out but I mean Rivers interception Taylor he had like no running lanes open for him Colts generated 105 net yards of offense in the second half before their final drive um Steelers put the win together again. They just find a way to win these ugly games, but yet I feel they're having problems running the ball and think that might come back to bite them in the butt down in the, uh, down the road here in the postseason. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with you there. Uh, the reason this made me mad, I started a new video segment on my YouTube channel, the real deal with Damian Adams. If you want to go ahead and subscribe, shameless plug. So on my on my YouTube channel, I started a new series called Real Deal Bets, where I pick five games or five different bets that I'm going to make, and then I'll do a results video later on. So one of the bets that I made was the Colts at plus three, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that even if they lose and it's within three points, I win the bet. But I thought the Colts was going to win. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to cover this bet easily. <laughs> then first half. They're killing it. They're up 21 to seven. Then third quarter, they go up 24 to seven. I'm like, okay, I got this. I'm in the house doing my money dance. Money, 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 (laughs) money, money. (laughs) I'm killing it because my other bet was the Bears in Jacksonville, which was easy. So I'm like, all right, I got this one. And then next thing I know, the Steelers start going down the field. They haven't done this in like six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going down the field, Ben Roethlisberger looking like the 2014 version of himself, throwing the ball all down the field. Their defense is looking like they got healthy players again. I was like, where is this coming from? 
Now, there were a lot of penalties that went against the Colts, but there's still no excuses for the Colts to just lose this game in this way. Rivers, you mentioned the interceptions he threw. One of them, he just threw in the double coverage because the pressure was there, and he was like, all right, the pressure's here. I'm not going to get hit. Let me just throw it down there and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Rivers. We can't have that. And this game could have cost them a playoff spot. Yeah. Like they can find themselves on the outside looking in as crazy as it is. They're 10 and five, but they can find themselves on the outside looking in, which is even crazier when you think about the fact that it's an expanded playoff field this year with seven in each conference. You still are going to have a team at least 10 wins, not make the playoffs in the AFC, which is wild. But the Colts can find themselves there because of this. And you got to be able to hold on to that lead, at least get one more field goal or a couple more field goals to be able to hold off pittsburgh when they start coming back they're a good team you're like okay they start showing some life you expect that but you gotta be able to hold on now the Colts are still a good team so it does show some signs of life for pittsburgh that they're able to come back against a good team like this maybe they found what it is that they need going forward and have got rid of all the bad habits that they learned during that three-game losing streak mm. right um hopefully this doesn't bring back the dancing of juju <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But everything else they need to bring back to have that swagger that they had when they were 11 and 0. So I do think that was a good sign for Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, I think it was a good sign. We asked my husband, he's called them frauds all year. I think you can make a case to say in the beginning of the season, they beat up on uh, the lesser teams. And, and now that they're meeting the more competitive teams in the league, um, like I said, I'm concerned about them running the ball, though. And listen, the NFC least, I'll roll with you on that. They really messed things up because the AFC North has so many damn wins because they swept every single one of us each time. (laughs) So it is, (laughs) if you think about it, I mean, I don't think, I'm trying to think of any NFC East team beat an AFC North team. And I don't think they did maybe one, but um, yeah. So like you said, you're going to find yourself with a 10 win team uh, in the AFC who's on the outside looking in. Definitely nuts, man. Definitely nuts. And speaking of nuts, the New York Jets. <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> one, at one moment, you know, they're O and whatever, going for an O and 16 year, about to get Trevor Lawrence. Next thing you know, they're on a two game winning streak. Look at the New York Jets. Um, they defeated the Cleveland Browns 23 to 16. Now, we do have to point out that the Cleveland Browns are missing a whole wide receiver core and two offensive linemen. Uh, due to COVID protocol, and it was because they didn't announce who it was, but one of their wide receivers did catch COVID, and the other wide receivers were close to him during treatment in the hot tub. It was actual treatment, not a party, nothing like that. No strippers? <laughs> no, no strippers. It, it was wasn't Haskins. a Dwayne Haskins party? Okay. No, Haskins wasn't there. <laughs> they were doing actual treatment in the hot tub, which you know led to them being in close proximity to this wide receiver who caught COVID, so they were shorthanded, um, but is that enough of an excuse for the Browns in this one, Nikki? No, no. This is why, <laughs> Jay, if you're listening, this is why I have trust issues because of shit like this. Like, <laughs> they are the Cleveland Browns and the Browns will find a way to just be the Browns. Like you were not supposed to lose this game. It's to the Jets. And like, I don't know if 2020 was going to end anyway, it would be the Jets beating the red hot Cleveland Browns. Like, I don't know. Just when you think you got this league all figured out, here come the Jets, like ruining their own draft pick. Of course they are. And of course they do that. Um, But you know what? 
I like the chaos. I'm embracing the chaos. But no, this is why I don't trust this team. Because if you're going to lose to the Jets, what are you going to do when you're up against one of these big boy teams in the playoffs? Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's not enough of an excuse. You're a running team. So you're missing all your wide receivers. Understand that's going to make it harder. Teams are going to pack the box more because they know you're not going to pass the ball to a bunch of practice squad guys. And missing offensive linemen also makes it harder to run the ball. But like you said, if you're a true playoff team, you find a way to win this game. Your defense finds a way to shut down the Jets enough to where your offense doesn't have to do much in this one. So you make up for what you're losing by being a playoff team and being able to have the wherewithal to win this game. And they didn't have it. So that's definitely something to worry about. Um, I was saying that Stefanski should be coach of the year. I can't have you as coach of the year after you lose to the Jets. (laughs) You got to rescind that. Take it back. (laughs) Yeah, so so now I got to pick another coach of the year. I would go to Brian Flores, but his quarterback situation, I just, it feels like nobody wants to be coach of the year this year. Just like no one wants to win the NFC East. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It's hot potato right now with the coach of the year award. But I completely agree with you on the Browns. They have to win that game. And now they have a must-win game against Pittsburgh coming up. And you put yourselves in a bad situation. For the next matchup, speaking of bad situations, the Washington football team. uh, They they lost to the Carolina Panthers 20-13. to And we all talked about Haskins, how terrible he was in this game. But it was a bright light there. And Taylor Hineke, um, some people call him Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you pronounced his name because I was like, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> My pronunciation skills are the reason I'm on this show, people. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> Among many other talents, it's the top one. <laughs> but so seeing Carolina beat them in a game that Washington could have put themselves in position to really have a stranglehold on NFC East. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I'll go into it because you know what? It's also the Washington football team are my rotten tomatoes this week. So I'll, I'll give thoughts and throw tomatoes all at the same time. Um, I'm taking my bias out of this one. Just like I said, like nobody wants this division. They can't even give it away. It's amazing to me. It's It's really ridiculous. But if I was a Washington football team fan, I'm pissed. Like, I'm really, really pissed because you know what? This team has a damn good defense. And I, when Alex Smith is quarterback, that offense does get rolling. So I know everybody wants to make the jokes and whatever, but it, Washington could be a good team if they put it together. And defensively, I think they have it going on. And here you are, you could lock up the division. All you got to do is win this game against Carolina. It's not like they're world beaters. It's not like they're the Saints or anything like that or Kansas City. This Carolina. They're a pedestrian team. And you have the opportunity staring you in the face. And Haskins is just totally inept. Can't get anything going um, on offense. It was just a complete disaster. And so I'm throwing all the tomatoes at them because I think that that was unacceptable. I mean, you got everything on the line and you can't pull it out. I, I just, I feel like it's a waste. I feel like that defense went to waste. And if I'm a fan, I'm really pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely understand it. If I was a Washington football team fan, I would be pissed off the way that the real housewives of atomic are when I press charges against somebody and I find out <laughs> one of my friends wrote a letter helping out the person that I, I 
press charges against while we're I at really a dominatrix think. party, <laughs> <laughs> I would feel that type of way, right? Like my knowledge right there, you didn't expect that. No, I did not. You got to thank my wife for that. She's watching that last night. And I was like, I got to throw this in the show somewhere. Thank that you. This, <laughs> that this Much happened. appreciated. But so, yes, I'm right with you. They deserve all tomatoes. I'm right there throwing them with you. Haskins, okay. So you already celebrate after a loss by, you know, partying with strippers. You played halfway decent in the game. You're out there celebrating with strippers. You get caught without the mask. You can't compile that by going the next week and playing like this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, good point, yeah. That can't happen. And that's why you find yourself without a job, right? <laughs> and you see what's happening. Now, um, Henneke, hopefully he can be a, a good guy for him, a good QB. He's somebody who has confidence. I love what I've heard about him. Um, Chase Young came out and said that he talked to him and he was like, hey, calm down, I got this, this is what I do. I was like, okay. I like this guy. I like that confidence in my QB. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Smith, they say he might be back for this game. Okay. So, of course, if, if Smith is healthy, he's the guy that you go with because he's the veteran. You know you can trust him not turn the ball over, and your defense can win you the game. Um, but, yeah, it's, there's no excuse to be losing this game. you got to play better than that with a division on the line. Now you find yourself in a must-win game this week, and it didn't have to come down to that. So I'm definitely there with you throwing the tomatoes at Washington. So for our next game, let's go, let's go ahead and cover this one and get out the way. The Cincinnati Bengals defeated the Houston Texans 37-31. Any thoughts? Oh, I mean, since he's uh, on fire, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, here's Houston. We have eight defensive starters out. I just, you know, I I just feel bad for Deshaun Watson. I really do. I say it every week because this dude is doing everything he can. Um, And he's the reason why this team is in any of their games. Like, let's just be very, very clear. If you didn't have him, I'd be afraid of what this team would even look like. And I'm just frustrated. I'm frustrated as a sports fan to watch a great talent have zero help. Yeah. Yeah. No, you definitely have to feel bad for him. Hopefully, they make the right move and hire Eric B and they start from there and get some talent around him. It's all about next year for them. Cincinnati. Okay. I, I see you showing, <laughs> showing, you know, showing that you got some skills there and hopefully next year, hopefully the middle of next year, Burrow will be back at the earliest, hopefully. And you can have something going forward into the next season after that. Um, but you definitely are showing some heart, man. I like it uh, for the next matchup. We had the Chicago Bears defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars 41 to 17. Are you starting to become a Mitch believer? Um no. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard for me. It's so hard. Like, okay, I know what's the argument always. Well, you play who you play on the schedule. Yeah, I get that. Like, but it was Jacksonville and they're not like they, they clinched that first overall. Right. So again, everybody's a winner here. I just, I've called Chicago a fraud from the beginning of the season. I didn't believe in the five and oh, I never really jumped on that bandwagon. I'm not going to start now. I, I feel like um, now they're a little too suspect for me right now. Maybe it'll prove me wrong, but I don't see Super Bowl champs in the near future. No, I definitely don't see that. But my question now is, since he's played well, and let's say hypothetically he plays well against Green Bay, win or lose, 
he goes out there and throws for 320, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles. Uh-huh. What do you do with him next year, right? Because now he's in a position where you have to re-sign him or just let him go. What do you do? And who do they have? Foles, right? Yeah, Foles is the backup, yeah. I mean, well, he didn't do much better. I mean, all right, if Trubisky can turn, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess if if that's your guy and he's turning it around and he's being coached up and he can give you consistent play and produce, then roll with him. Yeah, that's your guy. Sign him, and and but then let him. You're going to have to go with the pain that's going to come with it too because I don't think he is going to consistently give you uh, a high production level. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I would give him a one-year deal, one-year prove-it deal. Yeah. Uh, I understand right now with QBs. I forgot what Shaw was listening to, but they made a great point. So it's not my original thought. I can't remember who said it first. I do apologize for that. But basically, they were saying there's no middle class when it comes to QBs. You either have the very low guys that get signed for the minimum and have to prove it like Cam did this year or Jameis got signed for so little, and then you have you know, $25 million. Like there's no, for some, yeah. for some reason, there's no middle ground. So with Chicago, they should establish that. Like we're not paying you more than $12, $15 million for this mm-hmm. one year. Now, if you can prove that you're this guy against Jacksonville, against other teams next year, we'll pay you. But we're only signing you for like a minimum deal or a middle deal, middle of the pack type deal. And if he wants to go somewhere else because another team is foolish enough, to pay him that $25 million a year, good riddance. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. And that's a, they should do something like that. See, I don't, you know, some quarterbacks just don't garner that 25, 30 million. No, some of you are like a prove it to me deal, 10 million or what a cam get seven, something crazy yeah. like that. Eight. So listen, I get it. Some quarterback, that's what you have to do. So listen, whatever it's 10 million more than you had. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very yeah. true. Very true. Uh, so it's definitely something that I wouldn't complain about. No. So if somebody wants to go ahead and pay me that much to throw a football to the other team. I'm go there. Ahead and pay me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For our next matchup, we had we had the Chargers beat the Broncos 19 to 16. Look at them winning a close game. Okay. Okay. Finally. <laughs> okay. So any thoughts on this one? Um you know, it looked like this game was really just going to come down to whichever quarterback ended up making the fewest mistakes. That, that was my <laughs> my takeaway because it seemed like there was plenty to go around. You get a mistake and you get a mistake and you get a mistake. Um, but I think both sides can say they were frustrated. I know Jerry Judy was extremely frustrated. I don't think anyone performed to the level they wanted to. But uh, yeah, little, little mini round of applause for the Chargers closing one out. We like that finally. Yes, hopefully it leads to them having confidence until next year. They know they have a good QB there, so hopefully it leads to them getting the rest of their roster together and their coaching staff. All right, for the next matchup, I want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they barely survived against the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta found another way to lose a football game. <laughs> <laughs> as a Saints fan, you always know what I like to do. <laughs> Getting these good laughs at the Atlanta Falcons. But what's more concerning is that the Kansas City Chiefs, who you're going to find out later, I really hitched my wagon to when it came to our freaky fantasy draft, and it did not work out. <laughs> <laughs> but, so the Kansas City Chiefs, 
you know, I expected them to just go crazy against this Atlanta defense. And they were not able to. Barely winning this game. Honestly, probably should have lost. Yeah. Are you concerned about Kansas City going into the playoffs? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was amazed at how many times the Chiefs could have lost this game. And they probably should have. I mean, it was ugly for Mahomes. But, you know, don't go off the stat line because, you know, I hate that. It doesn't always tell the whole story. Like, if you don't watch the game, you're like, oh, okay, not a bad game. 24-44, uh, 278, two TDs, one interception. But... And this is part of my applause, so I'll just throw it in there. That Atlanta pass rush had him rattled. And my round of applause is actually to the Atlanta secondary. I mean, we haven't given them, well, not that they deserve any flowers or applause <laughs> or anything. Um, but they really did a phenomenal job of limiting Kansas City's playmakers and getting to Mahomes. He was constantly under siege. I don't know how they did it. I don't know where the hell it came from. So a little round of applause to Atlanta uh, for the week. And I don't know, did they just make, did Atlanta show the blueprint for Kansas City like the Giants did for the Patriots? Maybe. Maybe. I know that the Saints defense also did a good job against them. And what teams are doing is keeping everything in front of them. They're making sure that you're going to have to go down the field and matriculate the ball down the field, as they used to say, 12, 15 play drives. They're not going to let you have that deep pass Tyreek Hill or hit Travis Kelsey for 20, 25 yards at a time. And with Kansas City, it seems like they get bored. Fourth and one, you're doing a trick play where you're trying to get Mahomes on a touchdown pass from the right receiver. Really? Fourth and one? That's what we're doing? Like, you could have easily just ran the ball or do a little rollout with Mahomes, have Tyreek Hill do a slant. You can't stop it. He's too fast. You can't stop a quick slant. If Mahomes is doing a rollout, he has the option to run for that one yard. It's so easy for them to get a fourth and one, and they decide to do that. So I just don't understand them at times. Yeah. And the other thing is, football isn't like basketball. In basketball, a lot of times you'll hear announcers say oh this team could just flip the switch mm -hmm. right like you have a veteran team but like say LeBron James who's getting older he'll wait until the playoffs to really flip that switch right and go 100% football you can't do that you need no. to be on point all the time right you only have 16 games to really get into your rhythm into the playoffs and now they already said that they're resting Mahomes probably resting other starters next week so will they be in the rhythm with basically two weeks off now with the bye when they had to play against a team like a Pittsburgh or it probably won't be Pittsburgh the first round, but like a Tennessee or the Colts or a team like the Dolphins again, who gave them trouble. They could be there for the picking, but then again, come playoff time, they could win 52 to nothing. <laughs> I know you, you really don't know. Um, yeah. I did not think that Atlanta was going to give them um the hard time that they did. I really didn't see that coming. No, I did not at all, which you will see in my freaky fantasy draft results. Uh, <laughs> and for our next matchup. So we had the LA Rams lose to Seattle. We did mention earlier that Jared Goff got hurt during this game, but honestly it wasn't, that didn't make a difference. He wasn't playing well. Um, Seattle, this was a throwback game for Seattle. They won it with their running game defense Russell Wilson making throws here and there, making plays. I was like, oh, is this 2013? Vintage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a vintage game from the Seahawks. So 
do you really like what you're saying from the Seahawks right now? And do you believe that this could be their formula going forward for success in the playoffs? Um, yeah, you know what? That defense started coming together, what, I'd say probably like three weeks ago or so, right after the Giants game or maybe right around there. So four weeks ago, I think they started coming together, um, started looking like their old self a little bit. I don't think this was Russell Wilson's greatest game by any means, but listen, he did enough against the top defense in the league, and he was leaps and bounds better um, than Jared Goff, who just remains confusing to me. I know we talked about it uh, when we did our overrated, underrated series in the summer. Um, And I still think it, I think Jared Goff is extremely overrated. And I think he is the definition of buyer's remorse. And I don't think you can trust the dude, not in big games. No, he's the reason there should be a middle market. QB. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So like he shouldn't be getting that big contract. Him and Wentz both got those big contracts around the same time. And with Wentz at the time, it looked like, okay, this may be worth it. With golf, it never looked that way. Even though he got his team to the Super Bowl, it was more of him being in the backseat playing. He was the one controlling the playlist. He wasn't the one driving the car. And the defense drove the car to the Super Bowl. You don't get paid that much when your defense drives you there. And now you've seen the results of that. And with Seattle, I like what I see here. You know, I like that they're getting back to being a Seattle that we know and love. I know we want to let Russ cook, but it seems like at this time that, you know, every once in a while he's been burning food. So we, <laughs> <laughs> we can't just let him cook all the way in that type of manner. Yeah. But, we don't want to burn the kitchen down or anything like that. No, you don't want to burn the kitchen down. You don't want to have like the episode of Fresh Prince where Will's trying to flambe. <laughs> <laughs> and burn down the whole kitchen. You don't want to have that, right? You got to have control over those people. Will is talented, but if Jeffrey's not there to help him flambe, this is what happens. Yeah, yeah. With Russ, yeah, with Russ, let him flambe, but have Pete Carroll controlling the area so he doesn't overcook things. So now let's get to our next matchup. Oh, man. We got to talk about it, Nikki. We got to talk about it. It's really happening. I don't want to. to. (laughs) (laughs) The Dallas Cowboys defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 37 to 17. The Cowboys are one win away and one loss away now from making it to the playoffs. And all of our nightmares are coming true. Um, And people are talking about Andy Dalton as if this is a new guy who we hadn't seen in Cincinnati for all those years. (laughs) (laughs) oh what are your thoughts on the cowboys and potentially being a playoff team what oh god i just threw up a little bit (laughs) in my mouth here i i I can't like i i just i was so aggravated i hate watch the game obviously and i was so aggravated and it's like yeah nikki you could just turn it off yeah i could but like i guess i like to be (laughs) aggravated i don't know but like here we go again with this freaking dallas hype train like i can't stand it i can't i really can't stand it i can't take the fans anymore i can't take the talking heads and the mainstream media let me get into it a little bit later in another segment. But um, I just, you know what? I was like, oh, yay, Philly lost. Oh, crap, Dallas won. Oh, even if it was the other way, it would still suck because I have a lot of friends and family who are Philly fans. So it was a no-win situation for me. I'm coming off my loss on my game. I hate everything in this game. I hate it all. I'm right there with you. That's why I'm throwing my tomatoes at the Philadelphia Eagles. Really? Really? Hope you feel these tomatoes. Hope they hit you in the face. <laughs> like, and they leave a bruise, okay? This 
first of all, you're up 14 to three. I was like, okay. And then you let them go on a 34 to three run. Yes, that was a run they went on. What? How does that happen? <laughs> and Andy Dalton is looking like Dan Marino because the secondary is just letting people wide open. How did CeeDee Lamb get that open on that touchdown? I know. <laughs> like that was he, terrible. Nobody within 10 yards of him on a straight route. It wasn't like he shook the guy. It wasn't like he ran this incredible little stop and go. No, he just ran straight yep. and was open. Touchdown. And now people are saying crazy stuff like, oh, well, you know, you can sign Andy Dalton back for, you know, cents on the dollar compared to Dak Prescott. Oh Why God. would they do that? <laughs> it's like, come on, man. So now we have to hear this craziness because the Eagles defense is that horrible. Now, yeah. Jalen Hurts, I'll give you a break. It was your first kind of bad game. It happens. You're a rookie, thrown there late in the year. I get it. But the rest of that team, no excuse. Now we got to worry about, now we got to listen to these Dallas Cowboys fans, these talking heads. We're talking heads. We get it. But the other talking heads are those, the ones we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> this, oh my God. It just annoys me to the, the fullest that now Andy Dalton's going to be a guy. Everybody's going to be like, oh, he just, he should start. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, even Callan Cowherd, I'll call him out personally. <laughs> Colin Cowherd had the nerve to say that Andy Dalton was a better pure passer than Dak Prescott and that they should sign Andy Dalton and let Prescott go. Oh, did he say, oh my, he said that on his show? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. No, you know what? These um, sports media channels and companies need to sign us because we're not delusional. Yes. Not delusional. No. And Colin Cowherd definitely was, being delusional on that take but this is what happens when a team like the cowboys win you get these delusional takes because they're america's team quote unquote and uh, i know i didn't want to talk about it nikki but we had to i know (laughs) all right so now let's get into another whooping that we saw the green bay packers just dominated tennessee titans out there in the snow and for me i was a little confused because it snows in tennessee we've seen it it's not like the Titans should be foreign to snow, uh, but I don't know if it, it mattered. If it was rain, snow, hail, sunshine, I don't think the weather would have mattered either way. Green Bay was going to win this game in this type of fashion. Aaron Rodgers out there just airing it out in the snow. Uh, and they were able to hold Henry down to one of his lowest performances of the year. This Green Bay team is for real. And I'm a little scared as an NFC opponent. And the Saints. What are your thoughts on this one, Nikki? Ah, uh, this is like the classic snowy, windy game at Lambeau, right? Like, I don't know. If this isn't classic Green Bay football, I don't know what is. Um, yeah, before this game, I think you could just assume that whoever could run the ball the best was gonna pull out the win. And I guess you would assume it was Mr. December. I know I did. Um, but I think I took Green Bay. I don't I actually don't remember. Yeah, you did. You took Green Bay. But you can't count out that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. Like, he is on fire. We talk about, like, Brady being activated in playoff mode. I think Rodgers is activated in playoff mode. Um, I I mean, and this kid, A.J. Dillon, wow. Like, he's done nothing all year except this game. He showed power, burst, shiftiness. He made good decisions. Um, He overall had a great night. Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Like, but you know who didn't have a great night? 
Ryan Tannehill. I mean, Green Bay stacked that box and basically just dare Tannehill to beat them. And uh, that strategy worked out for Green Bay. And if I'm a Saints fan, yeah, I don't want to see this team. No, I don't want to see him in the snow at all. And we still do have a chance to make him come to New Orleans, which we'll get into in a little bit here. We're going to take our next break. When we come back, we got to talk about the Bills and the Patriots. Got to give them out round of applause as well. Then we'll get into Mount Player Player and Nas with Nikki. We'll be right back on the 33 Podcast. Two, one. Oh, get it, get it. Welcome back to Third and Three Podcast. As you hear, we run tonight. <laughs> we do. I actually, when I got married, we, uh, my husband and I, you know, you walk out, you just got married. So you, know, you walk out to your song. This is the song we walked out to. One, because we got married in Miami. And two, who better to rep than Mr. 305. And three, we ran the damn night. Yo, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that right there. Uh, when we got married, which is now two and a half, three weeks ago. Uh, we got we ran out to or we walked out to um let's get married um, oh nice yeah classic and there's classic videos and pictures of me dancing down the aisle and my <laughs> wife was looking at me like who did i just marry yeah who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know him. <laughs> yes so good times right there and we're going to continue to run the night like the buffalo bills did on monday night oh see the transition right Ooh, there professional <laughs> i like yeah. it been learning from Jason, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we all have. (laughs) So the Buffalo Bills defeated the New England Patriots 38 to nine on Monday night. And with Buffalo, man, there's a lot of talk that maybe we should look at Buffalo as a team to beat. Are you ready to go that far? (sighs) I mean, here's the thing. You, you know, let's look at the hype trains, Cleveland and, you know, Dallas, unfortunately, and, you know, a little bit of Tennessee and what Indy and, you know, everyone's on Pittsburgh, but I will say this Buffalo has been, and we preach no excuses from the jump from week one. They've had a couple missteps here and there, but this team has been consistently dominant the entire season. I think it became clear early on who they were and they've stayed that way. So yeah, D I will take that quantum leap and say they are the team to beat. Ooh, like what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> now, I can't do sound effects now. That's that's your department. <laughs> no, it was this was a dominant performance. And like you said, they've been playing this well for quite a while now. And Josh Allen, like you said, has been taking that quantum leap. Leap, leap, leap. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Jason's gonna like that when he hears that. We added the echo to it. So, <laughs> Gotta have I have to give my round of applause to Josh Allen in this game. 
going 27 for 36, 320 yards, four touchdowns, no turnovers. Ooh. Balling, balling. Balling. You know, Stefan Diggs, man, absolutely killing. Great trade. Great yeah. trade to get Stefan Diggs, who has over 120 receptions this year. Ooh. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, just absolutely ridiculous. Had three touchdowns in this game alone. Like, they gave up a lot, but it was well worth it. Well worth it for Stefan Diggs. And to my question, should we say that they're the team to beat? It's tough for me to go that far. It's tough for me to go that far because, like I mentioned earlier, with Kansas City, you just don't know. Right now, they look bad. They look like a team that is there for the picking. But then come divisional round, they could blow somebody out 52-17. to 17. Right. And you just don't know when it's going to happen, when they're going to click. They – Maybe that, you know, that rare football team that could hit that switch that I was talking about and just turn it on when they want to. And it's dangerous if they're that team. But we'll have to wait and see. So I can't say that yet. It is to be determined if they're the team to beat. But I can't go that far with it. But Buffalo definitely is the biggest threat to Kansas City right now in the NFL. And that's bar none. Now we have finished our running recap. Gave you our tomatoes, gave you a round of applause. So now it's time for us to do Mount Player Player. Now, if you're new to the show, Mount Player Player is where we pick four either items, four people, four ideas uh, that go in a certain category that go on our Mount Rushmore. But we're cool, so we call it Mount Player Player. And this week, our Mount Player Player is New Year's resolutions for the NFL. It could be for a certain team for the league, for a player. We can go anywhere with it. And that's the beauty of it. And we have no idea where it's going to go. So Nikki, what is your first New Year's resolution on my player player? All right. Um, you want to go four, three, two, one, like normal? Yes. Okay. All right. So my number four resolution is for the Houston Texans. And I sure hope that their resolution is to find the right coach and GM combo for Deshaun Watson. Um, that's really it. I've complained about it all season. I think it's a travesty and I think it's a crime that this kid has. Uh, I mean, they just haven't found the right balance for him, you know, coach wise, GM wise. I mean, this guy is no O-line. So I hope they, you know, address that as well. But this organization needs to bounce back after making the dumbest trade in history. And I think that the right GM coach combo is a good start. So I certainly hope that is their New Year's resolution. That's a very good one. Now, there have been rumors about Urban Meyer oh. wanting to come up to the NFL ranks. But if he does want to come up, he wants to have some type of authority when it comes to making personnel moves. If you are Houston or another team, say like a Jacksonville, are you willing to give that power to a guy who was very successful in college, like one of the greatest college coaches of all time, but no NFL experience? Um, no, didn't Houston just do that? <laughs> Got them. So, so no. Um, and college is extremely different than the NFL. We all know that. Uh, no, I wouldn't jump into that type of situation right away. Yeah, NFL and college are a lot different. In NFL, the payments are above the table. College, they're below the table. <laughs> you get in trouble for it now. Come on. You can't eat. You can't have bagels. You can't nothing. 
Oh God, that could be a whole other show. I mean, I'll rant about that one day. Yeah, no, the NCAA, it's it's oh, horrible. It's, it's absolutely horrible. So I'm right there with you on that one. I like that resolution for the Houston Texans. My number four is for my team, New Orleans Saints. Uh, we need to find out what our QB situation is. Drew Brees, great career, Hall of Famer, top five all time in my book. But it's over, bro. Um, okay. it's, 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 you know, that time has come. You know, he's no longer the same guy. Still very smart. Um, still can anticipate what coverage he's going to see. Still accurate when it comes to short and medium passes. But if you see some of the passes he tries to make when he tries to go downfield, how long the ball floats, yeah. uh, that arm is not there. And no matter how smart you are, that time comes. We saw it with Peyton Manning. We don't want to see that version of Drew Brees that we saw with Peyton Manning his last year. Even though oh, Denver wow. won a Super Bowl, that was purely just defense. <laughs> Peyton was done, like done, done. Couldn't throw the ball 20 yards down the field. We don't want to see that version of Drew Brees. So hopefully we can make it through these next few weeks in the playoffs and get a Super Bowl and have Drew Brees go out like John Elway. That would be perfect. If not, we need to offer him what I call the golden parachute package. Give him, (laughs) if he's, you know, he's already going to have a job with NBC. He already signed the contract to be one of their commentators. I don't know if he's going to take the place of uh, Colin of, well, I'm forgetting his name. Who's the guy with Al Michaels? Chris Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth. So I don't know if he's going to replace Chris Collinsworth. You know, now here's a guy. I don't know if he's going to replace that guy, but he's got a job set up, right? And we could give him another job. If he doesn't want to retire, we say, hey, you could be in the front office. You could be an ambassador for the Saints. We'll pay you $3 million, $5 million a year to be an ambassador, show up at events, sign autographs, kiss babies, do all that stuff. Man, where do I get that job? <laughs> <laughs> a great job. It's a great job, right? And Drew Brees should take that job because he no longer should be the quarterback for the Saints come next year. Taysom Hill, great talent. Great talent, not a good quarterback. He has some good stats, but don't let the stats confuse you. When you watch the game, you can tell he's not a good quarterback. He could be a backup, but he's better as the jack-of-all-trades guy that we use him as. Let's put him at tight end more, wide receiver more, running back more. Make sure that he's worth the money that we're paying him, but he's not a quarterback. Maybe we you know, we get a full offseason with Jameis. Maybe you give him a chance. I did want to see him get a shot because the talent's there. The arm talent is definitely there. His arm talent is miles beyond Taysom's Andrew Brees at this point. The problem with him is he sees the wrong jerseys at times or more than at times and throws to the wrong person. So if we can get that out of his system, Jameis could be the guy for the future, and he's the youngest out of those three. So that's the New Year's resolution for the Saints. Find a new QB or let us know what the situation is. Get some resolution to who the QB will be going into next season. I think that is very good, and I agree with you. You guys have to. Um, and please, no, I do not want to see Drew B- watching Peyton Manning and that Super Bowl was just painful. And, and like, you don't want to remember one of the greats that way. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, that sticks out in your mind. So we don't want to see Drew Brees go out like that. Hopefully he win a Super Bowl and he can go on kissing babies and ride off into the sunset. And yes, I hope he replaces the biggest Dallas homer Chris Collinsworth there is. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you have at number three on your mouth player player? So number three... Um, is for the Chargers. And I really hope their resolution is to figure out 
how to close out these close games and finish off their freaking opponents because you know what? They are in these games. They have talent on the field. It's close. And they have had 16 one possession losses in two seasons. And that's crazy. And that says a lot. I don't know what they need, though. I, I have no idea. I don't know if they need an offensive line. Is another D lineman. You need a new kicker. What do you need? A new coach at a skill position. You need a Drew Brees ambassador. I don't know what you need, but you need something. And hopefully somewhere down the line, you're going to get Justin Herbert some help and you guys will start closing out some games. So I hope they could figure out what exactly that missing piece is and go forth into 2021 and close out some of these games. That's a crazy amount of games to lose by one possession. Yeah, 16. It, it makes me think that they may be cursed. <laughs> and the curse would be the San Diego curse because they were such a crummy organization to leave San Diego and go to L.A. Now, I lived in San Diego for about seven years, right? Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of Charger fans. There's not a lot of, like, national media always makes fun of how Chargers don't have fans. They have fans, but they're in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was for me, I think they're cursed. I think that they need to move back to San Diego and then you'll see a turnaround happen with these games. Now, of course, there's things on the field they can do differently. Execute down the stretch. Uh, don't run a play. Don't run a fade route for your third string tight end to try to win the game. Let's not do that. Let's <laughs> run a better play than that to try to win the game. Um, that was a few weeks back against the Raiders when they did that. Let's do something better than that, right? So I definitely agree with yours, but mine for them would be to move back to San Diego. Is <laughs> that ba- that karma got them? Karma's a bitch. Yes. We all know that. Yes. Yep. Definitely. Like the first of all, the owner when they moved, they made the decision to move to L.A. He's like, "Well, our fans will remember our inaugural season that we were the L.A. Chargers. Your inaugural season was 1969. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you, you were there for one year." You moved two hours south to San Diego, and that was your home. Yes. Nobody remember that. The people who do remember that are either no longer with us or too old to go to the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And that's why last year you couldn't sell out a soccer stadium. Yeah. So, it, come on, man. That just makes me upset for all the Chargers fans I know that deserve to have a team there in San Diego. But you're right. Need to find out a way to close out these games. Do something. Do something different. (laughs) All right. So for my number three New Year's resolution goes to the NFL. Mm. I think it's time to get rid of Thursday Night Football. Yes. You'll have some good games here and there on Thursday night. But let's just leave it to Thanksgiving. Make the Thanksgiving games special. Right. But for Thursday night, you see a lot of mediocre football because teams are not prepared. They have a short week. They're already football is a very tough game. It's a game that's meant to be played once a week. If that, honestly. Mm. And you got people turning around from Sunday, sometimes Sunday night, going into a Thursday game. Makes no sense. You have all the money in the world. You don't need Thursday night football. You don't need a Christmas Day game. (laughs) <laughs> you don't need these things. Let's get the quality of the product at the best it could be. And the best it could be is on Sunday and Monday nights and do the Saturday night. I don't mind the Saturday night games, you know, late in the year, week 15, 16, divisional and, you know, the wild card rounds. 
but Thursday night, I think it's time to get rid of it. Um, I am with you uh, all the way on that Thursday night. Uh, listen, unless it's like a really good matchup, which it never is. I mean, I, I won't even watch it half the time. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll catch the highlights or whatever and, uh, you know, watch a, whatever on ESPN little clips in this the next day. But like, I don't know, man, let me tell you, if Housewives is on on Thursday night, like Real Housewives in New Jersey. No, I'm watching that over like Jacksonville and what I, who knows what, what like, the <laughs> like, no, I'm not watching that shit. I can't even believe they get ratings. But listen, if you had competitive, compelling games and good matchups, that's one thing. But most of the time they're not. So I'm with you. Get rid of Thursday night football. Let's keep it to Sunday, Monday. And yeah, I don't mind the Saturday games in December here and there. Um, especially around the holidays. A lot of people are off. So, but yeah, please let's, let's move on from Thursday night football. See, we're on the same page here. Eye to eye. Um, that's why we get along so well. Yep. And what do you have at number two, Nikki? Oh, I have my Homer pick at number two for my New York giants. Um, God, please. If this resolution is not for everybody in the organization, you need to get rid of them. Please get the offensive line right. For the love of God, I have not had an offensive line in like eight years, okay? Please get it right. I don't know what happened, Gettleman. You came in here and gave us this nonsense about getting hog mollies and, you know, where are they? What are we doing? It's three (laughs) years later. What's going on? You told us we were getting hog mollies, but why should I believe you? Because you also gave us the famous we didn't sign him to trade him. So no one believes what you say. And you're a Bostonian anyway. So please get out of here with this accent. I don't trust you anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just, I can't like three years later, the offensive line looks mm, slightly better than where we were. But, you know, I could attribute that to the fact that a healthy Daniel Jones can move around the pocket, scramble, make plays with his legs, whereas a stoic Eli Manning cannot. So we won't even go there. We don't have enough time for that. Um, I just, I I can't. The beating that Jones took against the Ravens, six sacks. I mean, that's just unacceptable. So figure out this offensive line because nobody can watch this garbage dumpster fire anymore and it is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm with you. Offensive line, I've said it before, is like oxygen to a football team. You don't see it, so you don't appreciate it until you can't breathe, right? And the offensive line that holds those holes open for the running back, they can't breathe. Your quarterback can't breathe. You got to have the offensive line right. And that's one of the reasons the Saints have been good for this long is the offensive line has been good. And that's a very important part of the team. So I'm definitely right there with you on that one. All right. So for my number two, my number two, I guess, I guess you could say goes to the whole league. It's just like a, a wake up call. If your team is super bad, we know week two, you're not making the playoffs. Like one of those type of teams. Yes. After like week eight, week nine, tank. It's okay. We already know you're bad. So you can't start tanking at week two because, you know, your organization, you got players there who are professionals. I get it. But once you're 0 and 8, 0 and 9, that's when you pull out the, Let's give the young guys a chance card. Mm-hmm. Pull it out. Say, hey, we got this third string quarterback from the AAF. Let's give him a chance. <laughs> Let's see what he can do. Right? We got this guy who used to be in the XFL. Let's give him a shot. Let's see what he does at linebacker. Because 
now you have the Jets who want to go on a two-game winning streak and missed out on a chance at what everybody believes to be a generational star in Trevor Lawrence. Now, we don't know. Trevor Lawrence may come in and not be that guy. He may be Matthew Stafford, right, which is not bad, but it's not generational, right? right. But if he's the next Dan Marino, he's John Elway. He's mobile, so he's probably more of a John Elway. You're going to have to look back and say, oh, we beat the Rams and the Browns, but we didn't get Trevor Lawrence. Be smart. NBA teams do it, and they're not even guaranteed the first pick. They have a lottery, and they still find a way to put themselves in the best position to get the best player coming out of college. So be smart. That would be my number two. I agree with you. I I mean, yeah, like the Jets – if you were going to win two games, why didn't you do I mean, Why now? Like, why now? Why should you do it now? I don't understand it. I know it's hard to ask professionals um, and competitive people to lose. I mean, I don't even want to lose like a simple race down my driveway because I'm crazy competitive, but <laughs> I get that. Uh, but yeah, please just, just, just tank and think about the bigger picture. Exactly. Cause now your fans, you put them in a position. Once you go, Oh, and eight, you put them in a position where you're like, okay, now it doesn't make any sense for me to root for us to win. Right. So now when you win, you lose. It just, <laughs> <laughs> it just puts them in a horrible position. All right. So what is your number one New Year's resolution? <clears throat> My number one New Year's resolution is for the Dallas Cowboys fans. Um, I really hope they resolve themselves to a little dose of reality in 2021 and going forward. Why? Because I've said it a million times, you're a delusional, unrealistic bunch that claim, you know, you back up all this bravado with your stats and facts. You know, I keep getting, I see this on Twitter and people DM me, oh, well, we back it up with stats and facts. Do you though? Do you really? Because you know what? I did on this show and I went back to like, mm, I don't know, the early 2000s and I laid out your postseason losses, okay, losses to the same teams. You love to lose to Green Bay and Philly and the Giants and Seattle as much as it pains you all, okay? talking about you guys are going to do something what are you going to do so if you want to come at me with the stats and the facts argument i'm pushing it back on you because my stats and facts say you're a bunch of losers in the postseason and you need to humble yourselves and come back down to earth a little bit so please please i beg you you sound ridiculous we all don't want to hear it anymore and do not come at me with the stats and facts because i don't know what you're looking at i really don't know what stats and facts you're looking at to say that you're going to have success in the postseason because history says you're not so please make your new year's resolution to come back down to earth have a little bit of reality please we beg you (laughs) this is why i love nikki i love the rants (laughs) i love the trueness of it you could tell that this is genuine she really has a hatred for cowboys (laughs) fan (laughs) and this is not some like fake rant that she's going on this is real i love it Uh, i definitely agree with you 100 percent 100% and that every year they're going to win it. It gets so tiresome. So I'm definitely right there with you. Now for my number one, I'm staying in the neighborhood with the NFC East. And it's not just them. It's any, any year there's a division this bad. We should Ben change this rule, right? 
Some people say I'm bitter because the 2011 Seattle Seahawks went seven and nine and defeated my New Orleans Saints in the playoffs. We all remember the historic, memorable beast quake run in that game by Marshawn Lynch that really put Marshawn Lynch on the map. The my problem isn't that they beat us. My problem is that they shouldn't have been there. <laughs> like, if you remember that season, there was a Sunday night football game between them and the Rams. And they could have easily been a winner at six and 10 in that division. Mm-hmm. Six and 10 could have made the playoffs and had a home playoff game. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't happen. <laughs> so for me, you expanded the playoffs to now having seven teams per conference. Take the best seven teams from each conference, go by record. You can still have your divisions, still have your divisions. I don't want to take away that tradition, right? I understand the NFC East has been long, around for a very long time. Even back when they had like the NFC Central and all that, you still had the NFC East with these core teams. I get it. And you still have the pride of winning your division. But winning your division by default, you should not be rewarded with a home playoff game. Let's think about this right now. The Washington football team, they win their end. They already have nine losses. If they win their end, if somehow the Cowboys and Giants tie <laughs> and Washington loses, they're in at six and 10 probably. So crazy. There's no way that the playoffs should allow this. The playoffs should be a privilege to get into, an honor. It's not an honor that Tampa Bay right now is just sobbing at the mouth at the fact that they have to go on the road, but they're playing against somebody who's going to be seven and nine. We have to stop this. <laughs> have the best teams get in, and whatever your record is, that's how you, you earn home field advantage. Am I wrong, Nikki? You are not wrong. And uh, our friend at uh, One and Done Radio on Twitter had said, posted the question, I think it was yesterday, um, about the playoffs and the format. And, of course, everybody's responding on it. And, uh, you know, I said, listen, I'm a diehard Giants fan. Like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Yeah, of course, I want them to be like, oh, yeah, let's get in the playoffs. But I know deep down it's going to be an embarrassment. I honestly don't think that I don't care if you win the division in six games. I really don't care about tradition. I I don't care. (laughs) You that's abysmal and you really should give it to a team who deserves to be there. Yeah, I'm definitely right there with you on that one. Love that segment right there. Love our new year's resolutions in Mount player player, but now I'm getting a little nervous because (laughs) (laughs) it is time for us to do our tradition of Naj with Nikki. If you're new to the show, this is where Nikki gets to unleash her trivia on us. And today it's just me. I know Jason's going to enjoy this because for two weeks I left him alone (laughs) and (laughs) it was just him. He had to deal with this by himself. So now it's a little payback. But before we get into Nodge with Nikki, run DMC, do it for us one time. My recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's really good. It's tricky to rock around. To rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's tricky. 
Met this little girly. Hair was kind of curly. I don't know if your hair was curly at one time, but that definitely would go perfect if you had curly hair at one time. <laughs> Curl it, yes. <laughs> so now it's time for knowledge with Nikki. Go ahead and take it away, Nikki. All right. Well, of course, happy new year. So let's do some new year trivia. Of course, I doubled you up a little bit on the questions because you got to fill in for Jay's spot. So let's start off with, of course, how much does the New Year's Eve ball weigh? Wow. <laughs> I am going to say that it's very, very heavy. Yes. Yes, and it is. <laughs> I'm going to say that it weighs a ton. I'm going to a thousand pounds. It's actually 11,875 pounds and 12 feet in diameter. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is crazy uh but that is no that's a very good question i always wondered that like who puts that up how do they get it up they get a crane how do they do this so obviously it's not people that can put this up you know so that's a very good question love to start hopefully i can get some right here going forward all right um okay the dutch believe that eating what on New Year's Day will bring them good luck. The Dutch. Yep. Oh, the only thing I know about Dutch is splitting the bill. So <laughs> Okay, that's how you live your life. <laughs> <laughs> that's a long time ago. I think it was a long time ago. I haven't split a bill in a long time. Yep, um, that's right. <laughs> but the Dutch, I'm going to say that they believe in eating... Mm. egg rolls donuts wow i love that i yeah, need to right? go ahead and put that tradition i am definitely somebody i have a big sweet tooth okay and when it comes to donuts man i can i have to stay away from donuts just because i can eat so many <laughs> like Krispy Kreme has a new caramel glazed donut what <laughs> <laughs> like I tore up three of those so fast. I was like, okay, let me stop. <laughs> you could start the tradition um this year. You could do it on New Year's Day. Just like you did the did you do George Washington's eggnog? <laughs> no, I wasn't able to do it. I didn't have time to buy all the ingredients. It's a lot of ingredients. I didn't yeah. have time to buy it, but I definitely want to try it one day. I definitely will try that eggnog one day. I have saved the picture you sent me of the of the recipe. Good. So I will try it one day and I'll I'm definitely not going to try it on a day where we do the podcast because I won't be able to do it. <laughs> but I'm going I'm to pick a day where I have nothing going on. Try it and see what happens. I'm going to videotape it. Put yeah, it on oh, YouTube. Please do. Oh, God, we got to say it. Please <laughs> do. Um, all right. So let's go to question number three. When was the first tournament of the Roses Parade? Oh, wow. I feel like this has been around for a very long time. I'm going to go with 1945. It was actually 1890. Wow. Even longer than I yeah. thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Moving on. A couple more questions left for you. Okay. The highest 
box office sales for a movie shown on New Year's Day was for which movie? Wow. Um, I have no idea what movies have come out on New Year's Day. Um, dang. Highest sales for movies on New Year's. Uh, I wonder if any of the Marvel's movies were out during that time. Um, so I'm going to go with Captain America Civil War. Oh, it was Avatar. Avatar. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. That was a really good one. So I'm 0 for what right now? You're 0 for 4, and we got two questions left. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I have a hometown question for you. Um, what do people in the South eat for good luck on New Year's Eve? Oh, people in the South. See, that covers a lot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a damn Yankee, so I don't know. I don't know where the lines are down there. <laughs> that are south. Like people, like people consider Virginia the South. So, like, because Virginia on down, and then like it stops at like I guess Louisiana, because then Texas is still considered the South, but Texas is, like its own country. Yeah, <laughs> sure is. <laughs> so yeah, uh, people in the South eat. Is it frog legs? It is black-eyed peas. Oh! Oh my God! Revoking the hometown card, just like I did for Jay when he didn't get barber. <laughs> you think crazy thing is, I think that my grandma said that one time. Ah. That's why I'm getting so mad about that. Yeah, I think my mama did say that. Oh man. Yeah, but no, nah, that's Damn. a good one. Black-eyed peas. I never liked black-eyed peas. And that's probably why I forgot about it. I've never had them. They don't really look appealing to me. However, maybe cooked properly, I could change my mind. Yeah, no, I have to. I can't steer you away from it. It just wasn't for me personally, because that was my my grandma's favorite thing to cook, like in like every day. So I, I probably just got tired of it. If I ate it now, I probably would like it because I haven't had it in like 15 years. So oh, yeah. if, if I tried it now, I'd probably be a different experience. But you should, yeah, you should try it one day. And also try frog legs. It's pretty good. Well, oh, yeah. Top of my list, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last question for you. On average, how many babies are born each January 1st in the United States? I know like three separate people who have a January 1st birthday. So I know it's a lot. Wow. How many babies are born on January 1st each year? In the United States. Yep. On average, go, on average, I'm gonna go with. I feel like this is either gonna be like so bad, <laughs> my guess, because uh, there's 300 million people in the, in, in the United States, yep. like roughly. Uh, so I'm gonna say that on that day, roughly 10,000. You know what? I'll give it to you. It's 11,293. Yes, I got one. Yay! <laughs> oh, man, I was nervous. Glad Ooh. I got that one in there. So thank you so much for the knowledge, Nikki. Great <laughs> questions. <laughs> I was glad I got one under my belt there. I know Jay is going to be able to enjoy the fact that I had to suffer like he did for those couple of weeks as well. <laughs> but I'm, you do such a good job with the research. I love those. Thank you. So now it's time for us see here just got finished dropping some knowledge so let's get into a little bit here or let's go ahead and take our first break or our, our last break here 
Uh, before we get into week 17 and the playoff scenarios. So we're going to be right back doing our picks, freaky fantasy draft, and talk about what games we like to see in the playoffs. We'll be right back on the third and three podcast. You hear the voice. You hear the voice. That was a that was the 80s, 90s voice right there. You had to put a little stank on it. <laughs> <laughs> you did a good job. <laughs> Better than I can do. That was high five right there. I like the way as we continued our music breaks with the letter H for the artist right there. Classic 90s record from High Five right there. If you know me, you know I'm a 90s head. So now let's get into our freaky fantasy draft now most people who are smart are done by fantasy we're done with fantasy at this point right they had a championship last week week 17 is too crazy too wild uh, too many people not caring at all or too many teams taking breaks because they're ready for the playoffs to play fantasy but us because we're stupid we're still <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so last week we had you know me, Nikki, and Jay going. And Jay was the winner. So shout out to Jay. All right. Good job, Jay. Uh, his combination of Deshaun Watson, Le'Veon Bell, Allen Robinson, Logan Thomas, and the Bucks defense gave him a total of 79.26 points. Uh, I was in second place with my combination of Mahomes, James Robinson, Emmanuel Sanders, Travis Kelsey, and the KC defense at 66.52. And Nikki, unfortunately, was in last place uh, with a combination of Mayfield, Montgomery, A.J. Brown, Gaseski, if I'm saying that correctly, and the Bears defense uh, with 54.8. Oh, God. See, <laughs> can't trust Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now nah, you, you can't trust them, can't trust them. So now it's just us two this week. And since you got last place, we're going ladies first. Okay. You have your pick of any quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, or defense. Oh, this is this is really getting like this is tough. I mean, I'm glad we did the like suicide style of it, but oh my god. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, all right, let me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Justin Herbert. Great pick, great pick right there. Last week of the year, you see him showing out against Kansas City trying to just go out on the high note. So I like that pick. Mm-hmm. All right. Hold on. I got to keep track of these. I'm not used to being the one keeping track. <laughs> I know, one right? second. <laughs> going on? I got to time the breaks. You got to keep track. Oh, Jay, hope you're enjoying the time off. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need you back, buddy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you went with first pick, Justin Herbert. Okay. So for my first pick, 
I'm going to go quarterback as well. And a quarterback who I have not picked yet, surprisingly, is Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I was I was too cautious on quarterbacks. Like, I waited too long to pick a lot of quarterbacks. And obviously, I waited too long on Mahomes. I should have picked him when he, these guys were playing for real. Mm. <laughs> Damn. So, where are you going with your second pick? Um. Oh, my gosh. So, let me... You know what? Let me go. I'm going to go running back and I will go J.K. Dobbins. Mm, good one. Yeah, I went through all the good running backs. I am really, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on these running backs right now. Uh, so for my second pick, I'm going to go with a wide receiver who I haven't picked yet. Amazingly, I never picked Stefan Diggs. Whoa, wow. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to go with Diggs. Awesome. I think Buffalo is going to play well and want to win that game. So I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs for my second pick. So who are you going for with your number three pick? Um. Okay, let me go ahead and – oh, God. I'm going to go wide receiver. I will go with Adam Thielen. They're playing Detroit. So. Okay, Adam Thielen. Yep. Week 17, two teams that don't have anything to play for. It's always dangerous, but Minnesota might want to go out on a high note right there. I really am down to like, <laughs> I don't know. What's my other choice? Emmanuel saying, I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> uh, Maybe I, no, I'll stick with Adam Thielen. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Okay. No, I'm like I said, Adam Thielen's been a good uh, wide receiver fantasy-wise all year. So that's probably a very good pick. All right, so for my pick, I'm going to go defense here. And I feel like this week is the week for this defense to play well. Haven't picked them all year. But I think it's this time that I'm going to go ahead and go with I thought, nope, I already picked them. This is getting rough. This is getting rough. Uh, <laughs> so instead of defense, I'm going to go ahead and go running back here. Let me go ahead and take. I'm going to take Tony Pollard okay. against the Giants. Uh, he's been good in that backup role. They're giving him more carries um, behind Ezekiel Elliott there. Probably really regretting that Ezekiel Elliott contract, but giving Tony, <laughs> <laughs> Tony Pollard a lot more carries there. So who do you have as your number fourth pick or fourth pick? Excuse me. Um, okay. I, um, well, here's where I'm stuck with tight end. I haven't taken Kelsey yet, but they're probably resting everybody. Right. Yeah. They haven't announced everybody, but Mahomes isn't playing. So yeah, Kelsey might not be a good pick. Uh, I haven't taken George Kittle either. But I don't know if he's – they got nothing to play for, right? I don't know. Oh, my God. He played last week, so he'll probably play this week. And they want to spoil Seattle's chance to get the one seed probably. All right, you convinced me. I'll, t- <laughs> <laughs> I'll roll with George Kittle this week for my tight end. Okay. George Kittle. All right, so – hmm – Looking here, 
I do want to pick Arizona's tight end. He's been feisty lately, but I don't know how good they're going to play against the Rams. So it's not like I have other options here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So if you guys aren't familiar, what we did was we did suicide style or like, so how you pick, like maybe you'll have like a pick them league where you're going to pick one team in the survival mode. We did that with our fantasy league where you only could pick a player at one time. And so it makes you really think about your strategy going into mm-hmm. these different ones here. As I explained so that I can have more time to think. It's a very good. <laughs> Create a diversion. Yeah. <laughs> go on a rant. <laughs> pick anything. I'll rant. I hate everything. <laughs> Just kidding. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go with Dan Arnold. Uh, tight end for the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. All right. All right. So what defense are you going with? Uh, I, mm, all right. Let me, let me take Indy against Jacksonville. Oh, you haven't picked the Colts defense yet. That's uh, a good one. I think that was one of the first defenses I picked. Uh, so, I'm going to go with. Mm. Yep, I did pick my defense. I was thinking about the Saints, but I picked them already. So I'm going to go with. You know what? Give me the Jets defense against New England. Whoa! <laughs> that is a bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Good job on that one. <laughs> Thank you. So now let's just do a little recap of our fantasy picks here. For my squad, I went with Lamar Jackson, Stefan Diggs, Tony Pollard, Dan Arnold, and the Jets defense. Nikki went with Justin Herbert. J.K. Dobbins, Adam Thielen, George Kittle, and the Colts defense. All right. So before we get into our week 17 picks, let's break down what's going on this week and what needs to happen for certain teams to make the playoffs or certain teams to get a certain seed. We're going to start with the AFC. You probably hear me going through my papers. Here's a lot of notes on it. (laughs) (laughs) And Jay does it so quietly. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I don't know how he does it without you hearing the rifling of the papers. Uh, so with the AFC, Kansas City has already locked in the one seed. Okay. Buffalo can lock in a two seed with a win. If they lose, Pittsburgh can get the two seed. But Pittsburgh has already announced that they're sitting pretty much everybody okay. against Cleveland. But it's Cleveland. You never know. So the two seeds up for grabs with Buffalo most likely will end up with it either way. Now, this is where it gets interesting. So Tennessee right now has a four spot, has the division lead in the AFC South. But not only can they lose that division lead if they lose, they could find themselves going from division leader to outside of the playoffs of the loss. So if they win, they get a division win, they're in home playoff game. If they lose and the Colts win, Colts got a division, now they're going to need other teams to lose to get in the playoffs. So if they lose and the Colts win, they would need either a Baltimore loss or a Miami loss to get into the playoffs. All right. Miami right now at the fifth spot, they win, they're in, but 
but they are playing against Buffalo, who may want to lock up that two seed. So if they lose, if Miami loses, they need either a Baltimore loss or a Cleveland loss to get in. All right. Baltimore winning their end. If Baltimore loses, even though they should win easily against Cincinnati, but Cincinnati's been kind of spicy lately. (laughs) (laughs) So if Baltimore loses here, they would need a Cleveland loss or a Colts loss to get in. Okay. All right. Cleveland win, they're in. But if they lose, they will need an Indy loss or a Tennessee loss and a Miami win. So if, if they they lose, they need a, a Indianapolis loss. But if the Colts also win, then they need a Tennessee loss and a Miami win to get in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I need now a Colts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need one of those things that just points to all the different yeah. scenarios. <laughs> now for the Colts, they need to win. They can't lose. Okay. Right? They need to win, period. So they need to win and they need help. So they need to win and they need a Cleveland loss. Or if they want to win a division, they need to win and the Tennessee loss. But if Tennessee wins to make the playoffs, they need a Colts win and a Cleveland loss. Or they need to win and Miami needs to lose. So there's a lot going on there in the AFC. But there's going to be one good team. There's going to be a good quality team on the outside looking in at the end of the day. Now... Can't say the same thing for the NFC. <laughs> Not going to be a good team on the outside looking in here. Uh, <laughs> all the good teams are taken up. So the difference in the NFC is that the one seed is still up for grabs, which is very important this year because it's only one bye. Remember, because they expanded the seven teams, the number two seed does play in the first round this year. So the first seed means so much more. So right now, Green Bay holds the lead right now in their hands for the first seed. They win, they get it. Now, if they lose, they leave, they leave the door open. But if they lose and then Seattle also loses, they got it. Okay. They lose and New Orleans also loses, they got it. Okay. Now, New Orleans, they need to win. They need Green Bay to lose. And they need Seattle to win. Right? Because if all three teams end up with the same record, uh-huh. New Orleans somehow gets the top seed. I don't know how. but somehow it works that way because if it's just green bay and new orleans are the top records green bay holds the tiebreaker having a head-to-head win from earlier this year Mm -hmm. seattle i believe has a better conference record than green bay so they hold a tie record over green bay so if all three teams win new orleans gets the top seat or no now if all three teams win excuse me if all three teams have the same record new orleans gets the top seat so my saints i need to win i need the bears to beat Green Bay, I need Seattle to win to get a top seed. For Seattle, they need to win. They need New Orleans to lose and Green Bay to lose to get that top spot. Mm, that's a tall order. <laughs> yeah, tall order. So then you, you take a major drop there. You go from <laughs> <laughs> 12 and 3, 11 and 4, 11 and 4, 6 and 9. Whatever could you be talking about? Where are you going? <laughs> So now we're talking about the NFC East. All right. So Washington right now holds the top spot at six and nine. They win against the Eagles. They're in. Now, if they lose, 
they're not going to be in because either Dallas or the Giants, whoever wins that game, gets that spot. So Dallas and Giants, they're playing. Whoever wins needs Washington to lose. Okay. Right? All right. Now, Tampa Bay, they're pretty much locked into the fifth spot. They're going to be playing against whoever wins the NFC East. (laughs) (laughs) Now, for the six and seven spots, the Rams, we thought for sure was going to be in the playoffs a few weeks ago, now may find themselves on the outside looking in. If they lose to Arizona and Chicago wins, they're out. Now, if they win, they're in. That's all I got to do. Chicago, they win, they're in, but they are playing against Green Bay. Wow. (laughs) Now, now Chicago, if they lose, Arizona loses, they're still in. Arizona, they need to win. If they win, they're in because they would knock the Rams out, right? If they lose, they're out. So they just they need to win. They're in. It's weird. They control their own destiny now because of the Rams messing around and losing to the Jets. That <laughs> loss is gonna come back and haunt them. Looks like here it may cost them the playoffs, especially with no Jared Goff. All right. So I know I said a lot there. Ooh, round of <laughs> applause. You get my round of applause for the week because I, first of all, couldn't do it. Uh, I'm a visual <laughs> learner. I have to like see things, touch them, feel them. Like I, you f- I feel like you're that guy in election night. You know, he was like in this county, and this, <laughs> this has to do that, and this one's got to flip. Is like whoa. So good job. Uh, I think I got what you're saying, and we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely see what happens going forward. So now it's time for us to get into our week 17 picks. But first, let's go over what happened in week 16. Jay. It was a rough week for you, buddy. Uh, he, he went he went seven and nine, but he did get two locks. So okay. seven and nine, but two locks. I went ten and six, only got one lock. And Nikki, twelve and four, double oh. lock. Bravo, bravo. Thank you. Great record right there. And it was Cleveland that messed us all up with our locks. Um, <laughs> but you know. We could depend on them to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's get ready as I get ready to take the notes for this. Get into our picks for this week. Locks are so tough in week 17. Like, I, I'm yeah. like, I don't want to lock anything. <laughs> yeah. Anything. No, week 17 is definitely wacky with everything going on. Teams, you know, don't have anything to play for. Other teams who don't want to get hurt. Right. So, yeah, week 17 is the hardest week to pick. If you're a gambler, I would suggest not gambling. this week on football like it's not a good week to do that Uh, so let's get it started here we have atlanta at tampa bay who do you see winning that one um okay so brady is averaging 311.3 passing yards eight tds and no inter uh interceptions in his last three games i think he's just getting warmed up for the playoffs um I'm going to go Tampa Bay, 34, Atlanta, 31. Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Atlanta did give them a very tough game and should have won. But that's, you know, kind of a theme with Atlanta. They should have won a lot of games. So (laughs) I'm going to go with Tampa Bay to win this one as well. They want to go into the playoffs on a high note, make sure they secure that five seed. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, 28 to 21. For our next matchup, we got Miami at Buffalo. This is probably the marquee game of the day. Uh, 
Miami needs to win to secure a playoff spot. Buffalo doesn't need to win, but they probably want to secure the number two seed. So who do you have winning this one? Um, I actually had to like really think about this one. I went back and forth because obviously Miami, you know, red hot needs the win. Like you said, Buffalo can get the lock up the two seed. I'm sure they want that. Um, I think we're going to in for a thriller with the first matchup. My issue is I don't know who we're getting at quarterback in Miami. I don't like, are we getting Tua for five minutes? Are we going to Fitzmagic? Is Fitzmagic going to do the whole thing? Is Tua coming in later? I don't know. Too many uncertainties. Buffalo is not an uncertainty to me. I will take Buffalo 27, Miami 20. Okay. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Buffalo is the better team. Miami, they say they're starting Tua which means that they're going to be very safe on offense and safe doesn't get the job done. So I'm going Buffalo 30 to 20. All right. For our next matchup, we got Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Uh, Pittsburgh's already announced that they're sitting in Ben Roethlisberger and other starters. Cleveland needs this game. Um, Pittsburgh, they don't really care about having a two seed or a three seed. They're going to have a home playoff game. I don't think it's going to bother them to have to travel to Buffalo in the second round. They're a veteran team. They're not really worried about that. So who you have in this matchup? Again, oh God, I hate this week. I you know I'm I'm recusing myself next year of weeks. <laughs> um I know the Steelers are sitting their starters. I have big trust issues with Cleveland. I just feel like they will find some weird way to lose this. And I feel like Pittsburgh, I don't care if you're a starter or not. If you're on that team, you want to eliminate your rival. I think it's close, though. I'm going to go Pittsburgh 26, Cleveland 23. Oh, could knock Cleveland out the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Cleveland this one. I think they, you know, give all their people back. And not only am I going with Cleveland, but clink, clink, I'm oh. locking it in. Oh, wow. <laughs> with wow, Pittsburgh sitting lock- there. Locking their starters. So I'm going with Cleveland 24, Pittsburgh 17, and it's a lock. Wow. All right. For our next matchup, we got Baltimore at Cincinnati. Uh yeah. I mean, it took JK Dobbins for a reason in fantasy. I think he's like lit the fuse. And right, the Ravens absolutely need this game. Um, I think since he's definitely capable of being spoiler. Um, let's not forget since he did knock him out of the playoffs in 2017, but, uh, I just don't think Lamar Jackson lets that happen. So I'm going to go Baltimore 34 since he 21 and I will lock in this game. All right. So 34, 21 uh-huh. and the clink clink. Okay. Clink, clink. I'm going Baltimore as well. I'm going 30 to 16. I think Cincinnati's little spicy run has ended. Okay. All right. For our next matchup, we got the New York Jets at the New England Patriots. Uh, One of those games that does not matter at all, but we're going to pick it because that's what we do. So who do you have in this matchup? Um, Wow. So the opening line on this game last night dropped 5.5 points. Um, So now sits at Patriots minus four and a half. So slight nod to the Jets actually playing like a real NFL team. So good on them i guess um i am sure the jets would like to officially end their season with a you know with a bang with the patriots win but i don't think patriots let that happen i'll go patriots 23 jets 13 okay 
I'm going with the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 oh, to win this one. <laughs> okay. Like, you remember the game they had earlier this year? They should have won. Yep. And somehow let the Patriots win that one. So I'm going with the Jets in this one to end the season on a three-game winning streak and lose at the same time. That's what yep. the Jets do. But I think they're locked into the two spots, so it don't matter at this point uh, for as far as the draft. So I'm going with the Jets 24 to 21 over wow. the Patriots. Wow. All right. For our next matchup, we have Minnesota at Detroit. Another one of those games that doesn't matter. Who do you have in this one? Um, I'm going to I'm going Minnesota because do the Lions even have incentive to show up? No. Do I have incentive to watch this game or talk about the matchup? No. So let's go. Minnesota 23, Detroit 20. Okay. Yeah, I'm going Minnesota as well in this one. I'm going to go 27 to 17. Uh, Lions seem like they checked out a while back and they're already thinking about one, two, three, Cancun. (laughs) (laughs) Already there. Cancun. (laughs) All right. So for our next matchup, Arizona at the LA Rams. This is a playoff game. Like there's no ands, ands, ifs, or buts about it. It is a playoff game. Uh, the loser will most likely find themselves not in the playoffs. In the Arizona's case, they will find themselves not in the playoffs, period. So who do you have in this one? And remember, we're getting uh, Wolford at quarterback for the Rams and an injured Kyler Murray for the Cardinals. I know. This this one is so tough. This might be the toughest one. Um, because if Murray doesn't play, I mean, who knows what we're getting there. Um, here's what I will go on, and here's what I made my picks or I made my pick for the Rams based on this. Sean McVay has never lost to the Cardinals. So it's the only little piece of facts and stats that I can go off of. So I will go Rams 19, Arizona 16. Ooh, Arizona being kicked out of the playoffs there in that one. This is a tough one. But I do not trust Kingsbury in a big moment. Mm. And I do trust McVay more. And, you know, only reason I believe Kingsbury is a coach is because he shook hands with McVay one time. <laughs> <laughs> and he came like, oh, he's on the McVay tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, that was a whole big thing, the McVay tree. He's like yeah. 30. He's like 32. I know. have a tree. <laughs> branches, everything already. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Rams 20 to 16 over the Cardinals. Cardinals. Looks so good after the hell Murray and not going to make the playoffs. It's crazy. All right. So for our next one, let's get another one of those that don't matter off the way. We've got Las Vegas at Denver. Who you got in that one? Oh, let's see. Broncos have won one of their last five games and the Raiders have lost three straight games. Uh, <laughs> I think the Raiders probably end on the high note. If they don't, I'm done picking them next year. That's my resolution. I'll go <laughs> Raiders 28, Denver 21. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. Uh, 21, 17. No reason need to be given on that one. Just picking the team. All right. <laughs> so let's go to another matchup here as we have a matchup that really matters, but one of the teams is definitely done as we have the Colts 
hosting Jacksonville. Who you got in this one? Oh, God. Indy's kind of weird, you know? Um, they, like, like to blow their leads late. And not, like, the Atlanta Falcons way of doing it. More of, like, giving up 21 points to a team that didn't score 20 total points an entire game for four straight games. Uh, so... My point really is that Indy can lose to anyone. I don't think it'll be Jacksonville. That was more of just a point, like, looking forward. Um, So I have Indy 31, Jacksonville 23, and I will lock that in because Jacksonville, they don't care. Are they going to try to win the game? Does it look any different than them not trying? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I know it seems like it was such a long time ago, but the Jaguars did beat the Colts this year. Yeah. That was that was their one win in week one, and they've lost ever since. I don't think that's going to stop. <laughs> I think they're going to be consistent with that. Hey, if it's working for you, why stop? So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the Colts in this one, and I will lock it in as well. Clink, clink. Uh, I'm going to go 32-13. I think they do it pretty decisively in this one. All right, so for the next one, we're going to go with – Green Bay at Chicago. Now, this is a very big game. Green Bay, as I explained earlier, still has to win to secure that number one seed in the bye. Chicago needs to win to secure their playoff spot, right? So it's a very big game. Who do you have in this one, Nikki? Oh, I got that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. I'm going with Green Bay. 27, 24, and just as a fun aside, Trubisky is one and five against Green Bay. Uh, so I will lock in Green Bay. Yeah, I feel like, unfortunately, man, I'm rooting for Chicago, of course, because my Saints definitely don't want to go to Green Bay in the playoffs. Right. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to just go with my heart and say Chicago's going to win. Um, because that's that's what I'm rooting for. <laughs> so I'm going to go Chicago in the upset 24-21 there. And like I said, it's a fan in me making that pick. So Chicago 24-21, to 21, they get in the playoffs, and they give a possibility for either the Saints or Seattle to get that number one seed. All right, for the next matchup, as we save the good stuff for last, we have the Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs sitting a lot of starters. Chargers, you know, what are they playing for? It's a weird one. But who do you have? Um, I know. And it's almost like daring you to take the Chargers here. And I was close to doing it, but I, I don't know. It's it's weird. I, I just really can't pick against Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City 29, Chargers 24, because I think they get close, but can't close it out. Yeah, I can see Chad Henney having a game of his life in the fourth quarter against the Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go Kansas City 27 to 24 in a close one as well. All right. For our next matchup, make sure have we gone through all of them yet to get to our big three? Um, We have to do oh, Washington, Washington Philly. Philly and Tennessee and Houston. Okay. So thank you, Nikki, for being on top of it. <laughs> it's a here. Let's go to Tennessee versus Houston. Uh, Tennessee at Houston in this one. Who do you have, Nikki? Um, I have 
Well, oh no. Well, I have Tennessee, but because I feel like Houston's defense has officially checked out. Um, and they're obviously frustrated and I'm sure, you know, Deshaun Watson will have to, well, he might not play, right? Actually, I saw that is an arm injury probably from carrying the team all season. So then, yeah, definitely (laughs) Tennessee. I'll go Tennessee 34, Houston 31. Okay. Yeah. I do think if Deshaun Watson does play, it will be close. For some reason, Houston plays the Colts and the Titans tough for some reason, even when they're trash. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm going to go Tennessee 30 to 20 in this one. All right. So for our next one, Washington at Philly. Now Washington can seal the deal on the NFC East with a victory. Do they do it, Nikki? <laughs> um, no, I don't, I don't think so. Right. Uh, Alex Smith is not playing or we're not sure yet. Not sure yet. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go with, with probably not. Um, and Doug Peterson, he's on the hot seat. I'm sure he's going to want to end on a high note, at least with a win. I don't know how much of a high note it is. So I will go Philly 22, Washington 19. And if we take nothing away from this boys mask up, if you're going to the strip club, (laughs) definitely mask up and, you know, protect other things as well. When you go to the strip club. (laughs) <laughs> man uh chaos i want to see chaos so i'm gonna go with philly to win just because i'm rooting for chaos so i'm going philly 20 to 15 for washington all right so now it's time to get to our big three games out of respect for jay we wait to pick on this one san francisco they are hosting seattle in arizona uh as weird as that sounds <laughs> but they are in Arizona right now to play their home games. Can San Francisco be a spoiler to Seattle trying to get a top seat? Yeah, I mean, I think that they can, and Seattle needs to be careful here. I mean, C.J. Beathard, he just threw three TDs last week, and I know George Kittle will give Seattle's defense problems. think it's a close one, but I do think this is going to end with a classic clutch russell wilson drive i'm gonna go seattle 28 san fran 25 okay yeah i think it's a close game san fran definitely wants to play spoiler but i think seattle does win i'm going seattle 24 and that new revamped seattle defense holding san francisco to 17 all right so now let's go to my game we got the saints at carolina I'm going to go ahead and lock it in for my third lock. I think the Saints take care of business. Even though Carolina did play them tough earlier this year, it came down to a last-second field goal where Joyce Sly was just short on like a 65-yarder or something like that. So, But I think the Saints take care of business as Carolina might be a little checked out, and the Saints are still playing for their home field. So I'm going Saints 30, Carolina 21. Who that said they're going to beat them Saints? Um, do you think Carolina can do it, Nikki? Uh, no. <laughs> um, I just, listen, Saints got all the firepower to really all that anyone needs to know. Um, I got Saints 30, Carolina 23, and that is my third lock for the week. Okay. So now it's time for the big time. Oh God. Because if we're correct about Philly beating Washington, this game is for the NFC East. We have the New York Giants as they are now... Are they at home for this one? I 
think so. All right. So they are hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Fitting that they are hosting the Dallas Cowboys for a game there. And if they win this game, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Washington on Sunday night. So do you have your Giants coming out of the NFC East and making the playoffs? <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't even want to speak this uh, outcome of the game into existence, but I guess I have to. Um, God, Andy Dalton putting the Cowboys on the cusp of a playoff berth. <sighs> I hate it. Um Listen, Dallas has averaged 36 points per game. The Giants struggle to score and run the ball. They're struggling on offense. Um, I think the Giants could spark a little fire. I don't think it's going to be quite enough. I unfortunately have Dallas winning this game 30, Giants 20. Yeah, unfortunately, Dallas is playing a lot better than the Giants right now. So I got to go with Dallas as well. I'm going to go... 28 to 24. I think it's going to be a classic battle. But that is our week 17 picks. We're going to take our last break. When we come back, talk a little bit about the playoff matchups we want to see and close out the show. We'll be right back on the third and three podcast. One. Jump around. Oh, man. Jump up, jump, jump up to up get, get down. down. <laughs> yeah, H was good. I H was a H was a heck of a playlist for us this week. Yeah, at first I was like, man, H is kind of hard, but then I started looking through H names. We got some good hits right there. House wow. of Pain right there with jump around. Classic right there. If you're a Wisconsin football fan, they open up every football game with that, you know, back when you had fans at the arena or mm-hmm. the stadium. And you'll see all these fans jumping up and down. Classic right there. So with our last segment, Nikki, I wanted to get into what playoff matchups you actually want to see. What would be the best ones? What might be the worst ones? So right now, let's go with the, let's go with the NFC first. Okay. All right. <laughs> so right now, if the playoffs started today, uh-huh. we would have Saints versus Bears. Okay. We would have at the three-spot Seattle versus the Rams, and we would have the Washington football team versus the Bucks. Out of those matchups, which one is the one that they should put on Saturday morning? Right. So Saturday morning, I call it the Houston Texans Invitational. <laughs> so <laughs> every year it used to be, you know, four games during Wild Card Weekend. Now it's gonna be more games, but they would always have the AFC South winner against whoever the wild card was that year. And that first game on ESPN, 
because you knew it was going to be a subpar playoff game with the Houston Texans or the Tennessee Titans. But it was always the Houston Texans, it felt like, for so many years. So I used to call it the Houston Texans Invitational, that first game on ESPN Saturday morning. So which one of these games should be that Houston Texans Invitational game? <laughs> so the mediocre, no one cares game, basically, is what we're yeah. saying. <laughs> uh, that will be anybody in the NFC East playing the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. And the thing is, if it's Dallas, though, they're not going to put it in that spot. No, they won't. So if it's Dallas, they're going to mess around and put Dallas versus Dallas versus Tom Brady? What? That's Sunday night. They're no. going to mess around and put that Sunday night, even though there's going to be much, much better matchups on the AFC side. So that will be crazy. But I do think if it's the Washington football team, that's definitely the Saturday morning matchup right there. So out of those three matches, which, which one do you think is the best one to put in a prime time spot? I want to see um, Seattle and Rams. Um, what's the other one was Saints and Chicago, right? I yeah. feel like I, I just, I, I don't know. I, the Saints are, I, I feel, I think we're the, no, they weren't my Super Bowl pick, but still. Um, like I said, you guys have all the firepower. I just don't even see how Chicago, I mean, I know they got a great defense over there, but I don't even see how Chicago could come close to beating the saints. So nothing's a given. We know your favorite movie and any given Sunday, I I get it, (laughs) but I just think that the saints would be the clear favorite and winner to me. The most competitive game would be Seattle and the Rams. And that should have the most eyeballs. Yeah, I agree with you there. And we talked about how the standings can shift a little bit. Would you rather see the Saints play against Arizona or they could play against the Rams, depending on how things shake out or Chicago? Which one do you think would be the better matchup as far as just from a competitive standpoint with the Saints? So the Saints could be Chicago, Arizona or the Rams. Yeah. I mean, give me the give me the Rams, because even though Chicago is a good defense, the Rams have the number one defense in the league and that I would like to see. And so the Saints have a very, very good defense as well. So defensively, that's what I would like to see. Yeah, no, I definitely can see that one as well. And of course, you're going to have the storyline about the pass interference, uh, the no call in NOLA (laughs) um, that, you know, still haunts my dreams to this day. Yeah. But it would be a great storyline as well of the revenge matchup and everything like that. So I like that one from a competitive standpoint. Now, from a fan standpoint, give me the Cardinals. I want to take that one. (laughs) Give give me the Cardinals so that we can get that easy victory if we end up being in a two spot. And I like Seattle, L.A. a lot. And I don't think think you can fix the NFC East Tampa Bay matchup either way. Um, the Giants will be very interesting because the Giants did play Tampa Bay tough earlier this year and maybe have a little edge there. You have the Tamp, you have the Tom Brady and Giants history of him falling short against them. So that'll be interesting if that one happens. So I think there are some um, interesting matchups there. Yeah. Now for the AFC, this is where things get really, really interesting because <laughs> it's, it's crazy. <laughs> so right now at the two spot, we have the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they would play against, let me pull this back up here. Hey, you have to, hear, <laughs> have to hear my papers shifting around here. Um, so as I pull that back up here, just one moment. So Buffalo is a two spot, right? Uh-huh. They will play 
here we go. So Buffalo will play against right now Cleveland in the seventh spot. And then you would have Pittsburgh against Baltimore. Oh, wow. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, right now you have Tennessee against Miami with the Colts right now on the outside looking in. Out of those matchups, which one is the one that you like the most? Oh, well, I like them all, but I got to go with the classic rival Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Um, Yeah. I mean, they hate each other. Aside from the fact my personal life will be affected by it. Um, I just think that that's always, you know what, even if one of those teams comes out and they just like, you know, it's a blowout. Sometimes that happens with those two teams, but they know each other so well is one of the best rivalries in the game. So give me that game all day, every day. Yeah, that would be epic to have that in the first round of playoffs right there. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee, Miami definitely is a good matchup as well. With Tennessee, that defense being kind of shaky. Miami, if they decide to go with Fitzpatrick, you're like, oh, what's you know, which one are you gonna get? Is it gonna is it gonna be two or for two quarters? Then Fitzpatrick has to come in like a closer in a playoff game. You just never know with that one. So that'd be exciting. Um, if Cleveland gets in, they are an interesting matchup against Buffalo just because they can run the ball. Uh, they do have a good pass rush there with, of course, Miles Garrett coming around the corner on Josh Allen. Um, but Buffalo looks really unbeatable right now. And if the Colts get in, I think they're a good matchup against anybody. But like you said earlier, they could also lose to anybody mm-hmm. uh, with how they play. And if any of those matchups are put on the Saturday morning Houston Texans Invitational, <laughs> which one do you think it would be? Um, I guess it would be Tennessee, Miami. Yeah. I don't think there's any bad matchups here. Right. Uh, the, the the AFC has all the, like I said, they have, there's no give me there no. in that lineup. So the AFC definitely has good ones here. So we did make our, I guess we we'll wait till next week to make that. But we, at the beginning of the year, we did, we both picked the Saints versus Baltimore. Um, for the Super Bowl, are you having any regrets right now? <laughs> um, no, I am not. Uh, not regrets. I, you know what? I really believe that if Baltimore did not have that four weeks of COVID and no Lamar Jackson and half the team out and playing on a, oh, you're playing on Monday. Oh, no, you're not you're playing on Tuesday. Oh, actually, you're going to play on Wednesday. Oh, you might just double it up and play Thursday, Friday. I mean, between Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee, their schedule was crazy for a good four weeks. So I really believe if they did not have that four-week slump or looking at maybe a different record, a little bit of a better team, and maybe they start coming together a little bit sooner. So I don't regret picking them. I think they're always a contender. Must be nice. Uh, I definitely (laughs) don't regret picking the Saints. Um, I think it's their year, and I hope for Drew Brees' sake. I would love nothing more than to see him go out on top, and I'm sure that's what you would love to see too. Definitely. Uh, I'm glad that both our teams are there as far as being in the playoffs. Uh, So we have a chance. We have a chance to get it right from the beginning of the year. The only pick that, honestly, I feel bad about was Denver making the playoffs. Um, Outside of that one, I think that the rest of my picks have been worked out pretty well here. Um, And I did pick Tennessee to win the AFC South, and Jason picked the Colts. So we're going head-to-head. Yeah, you are. (laughs) For that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for for that AFC crown right there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this week, man, just getting all the different matchups set up. 
and our man, our podcast next week is going to be so good, breaking down the, <laughs> the playoff matchups and everything. So I can't wait for that. Had such a blast doing this with you, Nikki. Of course, it's not the same without Jason, but we had a great time doing this today. Yes, of course. Not the same without Jay. The three of us together are amazing and magic. But you know what? I think we held it down. I try to manage the breaks. You got the notes. We got to help each other out on text. A little like behind the curtain. Hey, we got to go to break. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of stuff like that. But um, yeah, D, always like such a blast. Always a great time. Thanks for spending Wednesday night with me. I know you got a lovely brand new wife over there and you could be doing a million other things. So I appreciate it. Yes. No, she definitely is waiting. She probably finished dinner. It's like, what's taking so long? So, <laughs> Go ahead, dinner with your wife. <laughs> she knows that this is, you know, what I love to do. And before we get out of here, please tell people where they can find you on Twitter. You can find me at Nikki Nick 9384. And if you have some stats and facts for me, feel free to shoot them my way. All right. And if you are a fan of reality TV, follow yeah. her. All right. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan my wife is, and I get caught up with it. Like I had the whole reference about the Real Housewives of Potomac earlier. I couldn't believe that. She was standing there in like a cat uniform, getting all upset. <laughs> <laughs> like how you ruin the dominatrix party by dropping this news now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that that was crazy. Um, but for me, follow me at the real deal WDA on all platforms. And also I do have my own podcast I do called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. Just dropped a new episode that was last night. Um, so go ahead and check that one out. I covered NFL on there, also NBA and boxing as well. And the real deal with Damian Adams YouTube channel started a new series called Real Deal Bets, where I bet money. Now I'm gonna tell you a little secret. I can't really bet. I live <laughs> Arizona. It's not legal here yet. Oh, it's legal in <laughs> Jersey though. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna let it go. But Nikki can bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jason can bet. They live in, you know, cooler states than I live in. But hopefully one day I can do it for real. But just go ahead and check out the channel, man. It's dope. Dope videos. I have fun. I'm gonna see some funny dances as well on there. So I have a lot of fun doing that. But man, thank you guys for hanging in there with us. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode next week. Hopefully we have Jason back to break down the playoffs with us. But until next time, peace. Bye.